This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. The uh, opening kickoff here on a Tuesday edition, and we got a lot to get to here. Right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Got a little NFL news, got a little NBA news. There might new, be a new little ditty that we a little track we need to uh, to to drop this morning in honor of one of the people that work here at WNSP. We got a lot going on today, Lee Sheranian. Good morning. You're right because I start looking at things that we want to talk about, like in the afternoon, and before you know it, and I wrote up some of the let's say headlines, and before you know it, I had three or four more later on after 6 o'clock. You're right. We had terrific NBA games last night. Old Man James, historic game. Uh, A better game than Dylan Brooks. The Lakers win, leading three games to one. Jimmy Butler, the game of his life, 56 points. Miami wins. They got the number one seed, uh, Milwaukee, down three to one. But then you look earlier in the day, and, of course, we want to spend some time on the uh, Aaron Rodgers trade. Finally, finally it is done with after, what, 40 days of conversation back and forth. So the I'm going to give the facts, and then I want to get into the analysts because apparently I'm in the minority, Mark, and I'll admit it. <laughs> Most everybody that I've read on the Internet thinks the Packers got a great trade. So the Jets, who are quarterback hungry, quarterback challenged, uh, get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's 39. And he's a four-time MVP, and he's a future Hall of Famer. So they get Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback position that they sorely needed. So they also, the Jets get the number 15 pick in the first round. So instead of losing their first-round pick, they actually get a first-round pick. They don't lose the first-round pick. Plus, they get the 170th pick. All right, that's, that's on the Jets' side. Here's what the Packers get. They get the Jets' number one which is 13, so it's basically only two slot different, all right? So they, they each have a number one in this draft. They get the 42nd pick, which is the Jets' second rounder. They get the 207th pick, and they get a 2024 second round conditional pick, which becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the game, of the plays. So I'm thinking, wow, this is a great deal. They get Rodgers because they need a quarterback badly, even at the age that he is at. They have a good surrounding cast. They basically, if you listen to the experts, all they need is a quarterback to get him going. They don't lose a first round, which I thought perhaps they would. And they also get a 170th pick. So they're getting still two draft picks. They're giving up first round, a second, and then whatever, I think sixth round at 207. And then the possibility of a conditional pick based on if Rodgers plays. So I'm thinking, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's a little bit of a gamble because of his age, but come on now. Uh, Dylan Brooks isn't always right. Uh, if you're old, you can still play, as we found out with LeBron. So here's here's hoping that new life, new challenges, and Aaron you know, could go on and, and get the Jets into the postseason for the first time, what, I think it's been 12 years since they've been to the um, – postseason they can't they can't go wrong because nobody else is doing anything you know Wilson was a flop uh Flacco's not the guy and then Mike White they you know he did all right okay and then they traded him off or they got rid of him so they really had no other choices and yet 
most of the opinions, Mark, are that uh, Green Bay made a great move and they're ready to go with Jordan Love. How, how do you see it? Uh, I thought the Jets, to get Aaron Rodgers and still have a first, it, this has been going on for so long. Didn't, didn't we first start out talking about how uh, people were talking about the pros and cons of the Jets giving up two number ones? Like, so from that perspective, I think they did great. I mean, they didn't give up their number ones. I mean, they actually, uh, if anything, I, I think if, if you had swapped number ones and you moved up two places or moved back two places in the top five, top eight, I think that's a lot more telling and a lot more dramatic than uh, switching 13 and 15. Now, the question is, what do you do with pick 13 that you couldn't do with pick 15? And, and what can you do at 15 that you could have done at 13? I think that's going to be real interesting. That's got me wondering. That's got me wanting to watch the draft now past the first 10 picks, to be perfectly honest with you, because I want to see who those guys have zeroed in on. I know I, I, I don't want to say it was a balanced trade, but I feel like I feel like New York. I feel like they didn't or I feel like Green Bay didn't give up as much or didn't get as much to 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 trade See, one of the premier you and I are in the same ballpark and yet opinion is shaping up as the Packers made out not like a bandit I first thought the Jets made out like a bandit and it, it remind well, I wasn't around when the uh, Indians sold Manhattan to to the settlers or whatever it was for 24 beads or whatever it was going back in history but the way I look at this trade all the Packers really come away with is a second round pick I don't look at 170 and 207 as being guarantees. You never know what you're going to get down there, and you don't even know what you're going to get in the second round. I mean, a lot of these guys don't materialize anyway. And as far as the 2024, come on now, who cares? Jets are desperate. They are desperate. And they were put in the position, first of all, Rogers said he wanted to go to the Jets, so that took some leverage away. And then the Jets owner says, I'll do what it takes to get them. So that took leverage away. And yet, as you pointed out, and I agree with you, they don't lose a first round, which yeah. I, th I I mean, if they gave up a first and a second, I still would have said it's worth it based on their history. The fact that they haven't done anything and, you know, you're fighting the tabloids with the Giants in town and you haven't made postseason in 12 years. So maybe there's still some play left in Aaron Rodgers. Maybe there's still some magic. And now, you know, you know what people are starting to say, Mark, is that this is going to be a flop like Brett Favre. I don't know if that's fair. I don't know if that's a fair comparison because just because Farr didn't go on there and set the world on fire doesn't mean that Rodgers can't lead into a postseason because I think from what I hear, and I could be wrong on this, but from what I hear, they do have a good nucleus around him. They just didn't have a quarterback. Uh, what do you guys think? Do, do you think one one over the other? It's To me, I think the blockbuster part of this trade is that it actually got done finally. Other than that, nothing in that trade, you know, do I go, oh, wow, I can't believe that happened. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Jets get Rodgers, the number 15 pick, although they give up the number 13. So it, I don't want to say they're even, but it's almost, it's almost even. And then they get the 170. The Packers get 13, 42, and 207 in, that, in, in the conditional pick. No, I, I'd say the Jets made out pretty well considering considering the Packers had 
Well, I wouldn't say the Packers had all the leverage because it was pretty clear Aaron Rodgers didn't want to be there. Yeah, right? they had no leverage at all. Right. So um, I, th I think the Jets win here. I think the Jets. Well, obviously, we won't have a, a total answer to this until after the end of the season to see Had, what Jordan Love does with Green Bay and what Rodgers does with the Jets. So why why do you you, you disagree? I mean, we're I mean, in the, the minority. Want, imagine if you were saying, AWNSP, I'm quitting my job. I am not working here next year. There's no way I'm leaving. And then somehow they get something in return in a trade. That's pretty good. Two potential first round picks. Well, they still had his contract. It's a lot different. Like, say, if I said I'm packing up, believe me, I don't have a contract here. There, there's no leverage at all. I'm yeah, gone. But we're, in the, we're in the day of sitting out, though, right? We saw what Anthony Davis did. We've seen what all these people do where they can sit out and choose not to play, like Le'Veon Bell did back in the day. Um, so you're saying by in, in agreement with, like, a majority of people out there, the fact that they got anything for him is a win for Green Bay. Yeah. Because even if the trade didn't go through, I guarantee Aaron Rodgers wasn't suiting up. Like if somehow the Jets were like, you know what? Hey, we actually can't make this work. Wait a minute. Okay. I, I know you love your guarantees, and that's fine. But, I mean, the kind of money they owed him for what was it? 50, I, I lost sight of the fact. 58 mil or whatever. I'm suiting up. I, don't, I mean, I'm not Aaron Rodgers, and I, I don't know if I'm as flaky as he is, but maybe I am. But for that kind of money – I'm yeah. suiting up. I don't care if I have to wear a clown's costume to practice for that kind of money. What's like the <laughs> debate? Like, is he going to go get traded or is he going to retire? And then if he retires, you don't get anything back. Yeah, you don't have to pay him the money, but you're not getting it. How do we know that this? just wasn't like a threat, though? I mean, I've told Mark many times and people here, there have been people I've worked with who – who pull that or try to pull that game like oh, I got another job somewhere or I'm retiring and and it doesn't work out. So we you know we won't know the answer to that. My feeling was that if they didn't trade him, he would have gone back to Green Bay if for nothing else that money that he was getting and he possibly could have been starting. But we'll never know the answer to that. Green Bay seems happy. Mark and I seem to be in the minority. I do have a Jets reporter coming on tomorrow. Maybe we'll get a clarification there. And again, until the end of the season, we really won't know if this works out. I think from the Jets' standpoint, though, it can't get any worse than it's been. Well, maybe it is a good deal for everybody for sitting here debating who won the you know who 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 won yeah. the deal, right? Maybe it's maybe it's as I balanced mean, a a trade as we've talked about in a long time. I mean, but big picture though, I don't know how many years are left on his deal. One or two, right? Two at the are most. Are we thinking the Jets are winning a Super Bowl? I think the Jets are all in. I, I, I think, think the Jets just want to get to the postseason now, uh, to be honest about it, because when you it's the longest drought in the NFL without going to postseason. And like I said, in New York, you're fighting the tabloids, you're fighting the Giants. So th they were desperate. You, you heard the owner, Woody Johnson, just a few weeks ago say, I'll, do, I'll pay whatever it takes to get Aaron Rodgers here. Well, I, I think it comes down to this is a team that has everything. They believe they have everything they need to win a Super Bowl except a quarterback. And you got this Hall of Fame quarterback out there, so they're going to go all in. It, we, we talk all the time about these teams that you have to win now, and you're in it to win it every year, right? It's like we talked about with the Saints for years, that Drew Brees, Sean Payton era. Like, they were right there, yeah. and they just couldn't get it. So you do whatever it takes. You bring in that... You bring in that high-profile free agent. 
or potentially that cancer to the locker room? Is it worth it to get to that that over that final hurdle? And that's just kind of where we are, and but we do it in the NBA all the time. We we've seen teams trade for the big name quarterback that maybe didn't have the best year, and they thought maybe in a new situation he'd do better, like a Russell Wilson. Yeah. All right, that's <laughs> true. But that what is okay? Out. It's one thing to come on and say that, but what what would be the alternative? You went the last three games of last season. You started out well. You went downhill. You couldn't get touchdowns in the last three games. So what was the alternative then? What else would you have done? I don't know. Punt. I just <laughs> I, I heard look, crickets. I, I, like I th- like you know, we're all saying. I think it was a pretty good trade for both sides. I don't think New York invested as much as like Denver did to get Russell Wilson. Absolutely right. I just don't know if Aaron Rodgers. Like to me, if a guy's like I'm gonna either retire potentially, or trade me and come to your team. That has me kind of feeling like, wait, you do want to, like, really play for real, though, right? Rodgers has been talking about retirement for about three or four years now. So, I, you know, to me, it's like, you know, water, get off the pot. Um, but the Jets— Poop. there, That's a good word. <laughs> Jets did not give up a first-rounder. That's what's got me thinking. It's a well, good deal. They will if the trade works because if he plays 65% no, of no, his No, 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 no. I'm saying first. this year. They still keep a first round, right? And the and the Packers do. So that's what if they gave up a first and a second, I would have maybe slanted a little bit. But again, you don't know what's going to come out of the draft. It's it's potluck. You don't. None of those guys often don't make it big. So that's why I think it's a good deal. I, I really do. And Namath gets to keep his number twelve retired. Even though he said Aaron yeah, Rodgers could could yeah. uh, could wear that. it, everybody wins. Right? Yeah, I do think Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, trade me or I. I mean, I think the whole retirement thing I think was uh, an the, empty. Threat. The key was I right. Really I agree because the Packers had him under contract. He had, let me rephrase. I he wanted to play. I think he would have retired just uh, because it got so toxic with with Green Bay. I think it was more about I'll show you Green Bay. You know what I mean? Like I I, I do think he would. But he, wh- he, why did that situation become toxic? Was it Green Bay or was it Aaron Rodgers? I think a little bit of both. They wouldn't draft a receiver. No. <laughs> I think a little bit of both. I think you know maybe you put some blame on Green Bay, but you know what? Is Aaron Rodgers immune from being blamed the way you know his attitude is and so forth and the things he says? So pride you know. is a nasty component of all of this, man. Either side could have come back and just said, "Hey, man, let's let's wipe the slate clean. What do we have to do? We see it in every walk of life, dude." Just fall on the sword every once in a while. It's for the, you know, look at all the, look at, I'm going to go, I'm going to tap into your NBA. I mean, look at, uh, look at the Bulls and Reinsdorf. Look at, look at Kobe and Shaq. Like, look at all these, all these sports examples of where if you could just put your ego aside and learn to work with another entity, how great, some of the greatness that we missed out on. There you go, a little history lesson. That's why you you need to always uh, sign up for counseling, people. There's your PSA. <laughs> all, right, uh, all right. We went long there. We got, like we said, plenty to talk about. Lee, we have a musical number we have to get to when we get back as well. But uh, Bob Rathman is going to join us at 630, talk some NBA. Travis Ryer on Alabama at 7. Uh, Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus at 730. David Morris on the quarterbacks in the draft at 8 o'clock. 
And speaking of the draft, Jalen Wayne scheduled to join us at 8.30. Here comes your first but not your last scoreboard traffic and weather of the day. We also got to tell you about our NFL draft party as well. It's coming up on Thursday. Off and running on a Tuesday edition. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. This is Cornelius Bennett, three-time All-American College Football Hall of Fame, and you're listening to WNSP. He wanted James. He gets him. James drives. James is fouled. LeBron had himself a game last night. Uh, man, got to the rack there to even put it into overtime. It was just too easy. You can't let that. You can't let anybody get to the rack in that situation. I mean, that dude got a layup. What happened to Dylan Brooks? Why wasn't he defending him? All sorts of reports about how they tried to get rid of Dylan Brooks, and he ain't. They're, they're talking about whether he's even going to be on the roster if they get past this series. They're I talking- checked the stats to see how they did. They both didn't shoot well from the three-point line. Each was one for seven. But where Dylan Brooks had it all over James, Dylan had five fouls. LeBron had just three. Yeah, tough. It's it's been a tough it's been a tough couple weeks for Dylan Brooks. It really has. <laughs> it's one thing. Remember we said this. We said this when he mouthed off. All right, let's see what happens at the end of the series. And now the Lakers lead three games to one, and LeBron coming off a historic night, his first ever 2020 game. And, and now he's blaming the ejection because, every, you know, the media portrays him this way. No, this is what you wanted, man. Yeah, Come and on. Now, and now he's ducking the media yeah. in both of the past games. So be careful uh, what you wish chump. for. He's a bomb. Yeah. Kind of thought the Lakers would probably win at home, but I didn't see Miami and Butler doing what they did. They were down by 14 in the fourth quarter. The big three for the Bucks. what, Holiday, Giannis, who, by the way, had a triple-double coming back from his back injury, and then Middleton. I think they were like three for 15 or something shooting yeah. in the final quarter. And Miami, an eighth seed, leading the number one seed, Bucks, three games to one. Yeah. Our finals pick ain't looking good, Lee. Yeah. That that whole that's okay. It wasn't a guarantee. Yeah, yeah. That whole Giannis triple double and then losing that's tough. That's tough because he had like thirteen assists. Yeah, Jimmy Butler fifty six points, and mostly that's in just the crazy against one of the best defensive teams in the league. And he not that he took quarters two and three off from scoring, but he essentially took quarters two and three off from scoring. He scored like forty. It was like forty three of the fifty six in quarters one and four. Yeah. So wow. they score 119 points. The Heat does, and this is supposed to be a, 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 a let's say, an offensively challenged team, and yet uh, they did a number on the Bucks yesterday. Now they go back to Milwaukee. You got to figure Milwaukee will win that, and then go back to Miami, and that's when the Heat can wrap it up. Uh, so, as you guys know, uh, or maybe you don't know, uh, Paul Feinbaum uh, was uh, mentioned. Um, in a little Wayne track. Yeah. So it got one of our guys thinking. Yeah. Nick, who's musically inclined, I might add. A little bit. A little bit. To to put a little ditty together. Yeah, so uh you know, all the legends they're getting their names dropped in a couple lines, but I figured, you know, our own Lee Shervanian, he didn't need just a line. I think this guy needs a whole song. Hail from the Garden State, born to be a big star, thick ass wallet full of 
Chick-fil-A gift cards, man, steady grinding for the sun, even shining. Couple fake teeth, but they're all made of diamonds. The haters jealous cause they know they can't be us. Riding through the town, windows down in the Prius. Cops are lucky he's not a public defendant cause he'd never let a client ever finish a sentence. L to the E. Lee be the OG in the AM, he playing. Playing like a bro. L to the E. E. Lee be the OG in the AM, he playing. Playing like a pro. Drip like Namath, swag like Saban. Beat you in the presence of Mobile's most famous. Put up with Mark, that'll make a brother's head hurt. Arms tucked away in the oversized sweatshirt. League of his own, better watch your tone. No buttons on the pants, got the buttons on the phone. The one and only OG, Lee Shervanian. Real New Jersey devil, I ain't talking Tasmanian. L to the E. E. Lee be the OG in the AM, he playing. Wow. At double actually, platinum, sir. Is that sir. going viral? I hope. Is that going out? Uh, we could probably. That's that's definitely gonna hit the socials. You know, when it hits our social media channels, there's no stopping it. Now I am not a New Jersey Devil fan. I will say that. I heard that at the end of it. I'm a Ranger so fan. You're the New Jersey Devil. I like it. Well done, sir. We will play that. I threw that together while I was uh, doing the John Ricchetti golf show last night. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't detract from your attention to John Ricchetti's show, did it? Not at all. Not in the little. Not in the least. All right. So uh, you guys can react to that. That's great. We'll play that again. Do I get a copy or do I have to pay? Uh, You want it in cassette form? (laughs) <laughs> what's le- what's out there now? I don't even know what's out there. Yeah, it, you can get a di- you can get a digital download. Oh, I want I want cents. Matt to play that when he goes on his tour. On his tour. You know when he does these birthdays and his anniversaries. Maybe we'll stuff. play it at our NFL draft party when you get there. Six thirty-two. Welcome back in. Keep those comments coming at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee and Triple G. You know, one of the really good things we can say about this morning that we don't work for the Disney Corporation. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm not sure anybody does anymore. Uh, we're ready to talk some NBA. Yeah, our good friend Bob Rathman, the voice of the Atlanta Hawks, TV voice. Bob, good morning. You up in Boston? I'm sure, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Good morning, everybody. All right. What a tough task you got. Not only are you down three games to one, to keep it alive, you have to beat Boston, but you don't have Murray in the lineup because he was suspended for, what What did they say, uh, he bumped into the official after the game, something along those lines? He did. He uh, went after one of the referees and walked right up to him and bumped him clearly. And that's a no-no. Can't touch a referee like that. So he got a one-game suspension. And, of course, he's been the Hawks' best player throughout the playoffs from the start to finish. And we won't have him tonight. So that makes a very, very tough task even tougher. Bob, uh, I I actually watched your telecast of the game the other day. And, and obviously, you know, you can tell that you're rooting for the, uh, the Hawks and so forth. Uh, and, and it didn't seem like the officiating was very kind to Atlanta in that game, especially with the missed, uh, what, defensive goaltending or something along those lines. But 
I want to get yes. your I want to get your take on what's been going on with the NBA with these flagrant two fouls because during the course of the year, the regular season, there was I think only like fourteen of them, and yet in the postseason, there's been what already two or three in suspensions. Yeah, we've had our share, that's for sure. I, I think Lee, one of the things that happens in the first round of playoffs is that. You know, obviously, you've got guys playing at a super high level uh, that you don't see in the regular season, and that's understandable. This is this is for the championship. But in the matchups, you have usually a where these problems flare up. You have a really good team going up against a lesser team, and the lesser team kind of sees the writing on the wall a little bit. Uh, they're not as good. Uh, they're getting frustrated that they're not as good. They want to compete, and they're they're trying, but they can't. So, I think that tends to boil over into altercations. You know what what Dylan Brooks is doing uh, is just ridiculous, and he's paying the price, and the Grizzlies are paying the price. Now they had every chance to win last night, of course, but I think this poke of the bear nonsense out of Brooks has backfired. And I think you see a lot of times that these guys, the lesser team is having the problems participating uh, with or, or playing up against the, the better teams. Now, once we get to the second round, I think that kind of goes away a little bit because you've got quality teams going head-to-head. You don't really see uh, this kind of nonsense beyond the first round. That's just my, my thought of it. But I think there is also a little hypersensitivity with the officiating that you don't see in the regular season, too, uh, that kind of amplifies this. The games, quite frankly, have just been so great, so supercharged, and I think uh, the emotions uh, have come right along with that, and we're seeing a, a few more altercations than we did in the regular season. Hey, Bob. So I haven't really thought that the Heat have been that good all year. I think they just have Jimmy Butler and then a bunch of other guys who are willing to grind it out. The Hawks handled them pretty easily in the play-in, but now here they are up 3-1 on the finals favorite. Do you think that they're really contenders, or are they just pretenders? I think they have a matchup that they feel good about. I think that's what's happening. You know, I think we talked last week when I was with you all about how the the world sort of views this as a one versus eight because that's the seeding. But I don't feel that way, and I don't think the Heat feel that way. They think they're right on par with Milwaukee, and in this, I think that's a very important mindset to have. Uh, no Giannis certainly helped them. They've had a couple of key injuries um, in Oladipo and Hero, and yet, you mentioned it, Jimmy Butler has just gone crazy. And I think that he's the kind of player that takes on a challenge like this and flourishes. And last night, it was absolutely mesmerizing to watch him in the final eight minutes of that fourth quarter. Uh, he outscored Milwaukee by himself. I think it was 22 to 13 once he checked into the game with eight minutes to go. It was crazy. But I just think it's a matchup that Miami feels very good about. They're confident. And at this stage of the season, that goes a long way. Bob, let me ask you about Trey Young. You know, going into this series, all that that, that so-called talk that came out about him maybe being on the trading block, as 
as anybody else would be on the Hawks. But what's the, what's what are you hearing though seriously about his future with the Hawks? Is he safe or is he expendable like anybody else? Lee, to be honest with you, I don't think those decisions have even been talked about. Uh, you've got to understand, we changed general managers midseason. We brought Quinn Snyder on as a head coach. And we did this while the season is going on. And to, to be very frank and honest with you, I, I just don't think they've had a chance. Quinn doesn't even have his staff together yet. So I, I thought the timing of that story was very odd. You know, we hadn't been on TNT since uh, the Martin Luther King holiday game against Miami. And all of a sudden, we're getting ready to play that play-in game. And the morning of that game, here come all these stories about Trey Young and, and possibly being traded. And I thought, hmm, well, that's interesting. Uh, now, why would all those stories come out today? Well, really, nothing has changed with his status. Nothing has changed since we changed GMs and changed coaches. Why did those stories all come out in the same, not only the same morning, but the same hour of the day? So I thought it was a little um, uh, a little odd that they sort of ganged up on Trey that day. Um, I don't think they've even discussed it, talked about it at all and they told trey that uh that story sort of got buried um but that they haven't even had a chance we're just trying to get through this uh quinn will get his staff together they'll sit down and then decide you know what's the best direction for this team but i i don't think they have even broached the subject of trading anybody or making any move yet it's been it's too premature you know for the old timers like myself when i heard you the other day and i think I may be mistaken on this. I think he's, Dominic wasn't with you, but he's supposed to be there tonight. Was I correct on that, or did I pick up something wrong? That's, no, that is correct, and he won't be. Uh, he's still under the weather, so Brian Oliver is going to fill in again. All right, and when I heard you say that, I couldn't help but think about the old the, the Hawks-Celtics showdown with Bird and Dominic Wilkins and the shootouts they had. I just couldn't help but remember that. Yeah, 1988. Uh, still, I think, well, many NBA people feel like that's the greatest fourth quarter shootout um, that this league has ever seen in the playoffs. Uh, they just went at it. I mean, basket for basket. And, you know, the Celtics ended up winning by a point. But uh, even today, when he walks into TD Garden, uh, he is remembered. Of course, he played a, a year for the Celtics uh, later, uh, which is sort of odd. But when he walks in, he is still fondly remembered here. Uh, the people treat him with utmost respect, mainly because, you know, he went up against the icon in Larry Bird and, and stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. It was uh, tremendous. You know, Doc Rivers, the Sixers coach, was our point guard back then, and he set the franchise record for assists in a playoff game in that game with 22, and that record still stands. And all he did was tee up Meek. Um uh, it was incredible. It was an unbelievable performance. All right. Uh, before I let you go, tonight, uh, game five, you need it. Uh, give me a key. Uh, other than outscoring the Celtics, but what has to happen for the Hawks to win this game? I think they got to find a way to slow down the pace. I don't think, you know, we've been – Quinn wants to play quick and, and uh, get up and down the floor. I don't know that you can do that tonight, given the fact you don't have Murray. You're desperate. I think if you can shoot – like they shot Friday night, that would give them a chance. They're going to have to have an unbelievable shooting night. Uh, 
uh, and I don't know how many points that translates into, uh, but they just they've got to shoot lights out and they've got to maximize the three point shot because they haven't shown any ability at all to defend Boston uh, with all of their scoring weapons. So I think that's the big key. We're, we're a 13 point underdog. My heavens, I've never seen a playoff line that big. So we've got to play a perfect game. And I think that starts with shooting the basketball extremely well. Hey man, as always, we appreciate you getting up early with us. Have a, uh, a great game. We enjoy it and look forward to doing it again. And get ready for game six. <laughs> <laughs> All right. T- from your lips to God's ear, sir. Yeah, man. I hear you. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Always a treat having okay, you on. Okay, guys. All right. A few years ago, I found out I needed dental implants. You know what happened, Mark? My dentist you recommended. You got them? Oh. Remember what my dentist recommended? I go see Christopher Monix. Over at uh, 715 Downtown and Boulevard. Some six or seven dental implants later, I've been pretty well set. Haven't uh, been there uh, because I haven't had to. Everything worked out really, really well. Let me just say this. You don't need a referral. You don't need a recommendation, but I can give you one. Uh, Very professional, uh, very personable. In fact, yesterday, my wife, who's just had a dental implant, she had a uh, follow-up and came back and said, gosh, what a nice guy Chris is. And he really is. Um, you can make an appointment at 471-3381. We certainly thank Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery. Uh, thanks to what they've done for me, but also thanks to uh, being our championships drive sponsor, where we'll be at Mobile Christian this week. How about that? All right, so coming up the rest of the day, uh, we're going to try to visit with David Green coming back, Travis Ryer at 7 o'clock, um, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus at 730 we got some Chick-fil-A and some South Alabama baseball tickets to give away, so be listening for details on that. Uh, David Morris will be along at 8 o'clock uh, to talk about the quarterbacks in the NFL draft, and Jalen Wayne will also be uh, scheduled to join us at 8.30. want to remind you guys to get on out to uh, walk-ons Thursday. That's our NFL draft party. The final drive with Corey and Michael will be broadcasting from 3 to 6. Our NFL draft challenge takes place on Thursday as well. You guys come in, predict the top 10 in order. Uh, if you uh, you get 10 points for everyone to get right. If you're one off, meaning if you if you had Bryce 2 and not 1, or you had him 1 and not 2, and it's the other way around, you get 5 points. Uh, the, the winner, the winner gets a Traeger Grill from Bailey's TV and Mattress. And, and as soon as Bryce Young gets drafted, we are drawing a name for a Bryce Young jersey thanks to The Vault. There's going to be a bunch of WNSP gear. We have brand new WNSP t-shirts we're giving away. Um, Nick, I don't know if it's a guarantee, but you're you're telling people if you come out, you're going to get a t-shirt. Yep. Guaranteed. Gar- it's, a, it's a triple G guarantee. That's right. So how many t-shirts do we have? The exact amount of people that are going to walk in. I'm challenging you, Mobile and Baldwin County. Let's (laughs) prove Nick wrong. I want so many people there that he runs out of T-shirts. Although tough. Although he did say that if, if we run out of T-shirts, he will send you one with our next shipment. I mean, and wait, there's more. Might might even pack a Chick Fil A gift card in the. What? (laughs) All right. So uh, no, you guys need to come out and see us on Thursday at Walk-Ons. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we look forward uh, to having these events. We don't do enough of them, uh, but when we do them, they're great. It gives us a chance to sit down and talk to you guys. 
uh, and get to know you guys. Uh, so we always enjoy that. All right, David Green is next. Well, don't worry if you missed the Lee Shervanian new track that dropped earlier today. We will replay it for you oh, multiple G times. It's good. Eat your heart out, fine mom. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he just got a mem a mention, yeah. right? Yeah. No, Lee's got a whole song dedicated to him. <laughs> a whole track. It's crazy. Available for digital downloads at WNSP.com. We should totally make that available. Can yeah, we charge people for that? Out. I'm trying to work on some album art right now. How much of that was you and how much of that was our good friend uh, AI? That was all me, baby. What? Yes, sir. That's crazy. Only I know all the inside jokes. Dave Green's, uh, he's next. Stay with us. This is Brad Nessler, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile. Busy edition here on a uh, in the studios of WNSP. All right, I couldn't get Harry Hamlin in today, but I do have David Green from the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, my good buddy, who has done such a marvelous job every week with us. Good morning, David. How are you today? Good morning. That's an interesting intro. Uh, no pressure here. No none pressure. at all. None at all. That we don't pressurize <laughs> anybody here, do we, Mark? Not at all. <laughs> Not Never. at all. All right. Uh, we have talked in the past about. Where do you go to enlist in a law firm? There's so many out there, many advertise, not as well as you do, Dave, but some do uh, advertise. And I, I have, I'm going to go a little deeper into this because you've talked about insurance companies, and there's a bunch of those out there, and a lot of those are advertising. What would your recommendation be as far as enlisting an insurance company? Well, you know, you think about this, you see all these ads, and uh, there are a lot of really good insurance companies out there, no doubt, but there's some bad ones. And, you know, they, they talk about, you know, they, they have these silly little, you know, intros and, you know, we do this and we do that and, and they make you feel warm and fuzzy. But one of the interesting things is not a single one of them talks about their claims process. They never, they never really talk about if, you know, if you need them, what is the process and how, you know, how easy are we to deal with? And so many of them, are just not not easy at all to, to deal with, uh, and that's you know that's where we come in. We deal with these insurance companies all the time. Uh, once again, there's some really good ones out there, but golly, there's some bad ones. And so you really need to research who you have insurance with. And then one of the other things regarding car insurance, we always recommend. You know, Alabama requires that you have liability insurance. You need to make sure you have your liability insurance, but you need to make sure that you have underinsured motorist or uninsured motorist coverage that will cover you in case there's somebody out there who doesn't have coverage and they hit you. So can you get yourself into kind of a bind if you pick the wrong insurance company? Well, what, you, what, what can happen, and we see this all too often, 
Um, we were involved in cases every single day where adjusters just simply do not get in, get back in touch with the lawyer for the for the person that made the claim. And so, as the lawyer for the claimant, the only choice we have to do, the only thing we can do, is file suit against the driver that caused the wreck. And no one wants to be in that situation, but it happens every single day because adjusters simply do not get back in touch with the lawyer. And that's the sad thing. So once again, not going to say any names, glad to talk to anybody off air, call me, we can talk about it. But bottom line is there are companies out there that just say, you know, just go ahead and sue my insured. And so what you'll do is you'll find yourself down there defending yourself along with the lawyer that they provide. Once again, they have great lawyers, do a good job. The point is who in the world wants to have to, who wants to make a mistake and wind up in court because you made a mistake. You made a mistake. Hey, just pay my claim. <laughs> well, you pushed a button with me. I don't know, how, Mark, how you feel about this, but there's some of those insurance company ads I just can't fathom. The one where the guy always gets beat up and he looks like he's been in a fight with George Foreman or something like that. I just, I even forget which, who he's representing, but I, I just don't like those commercials at all. And then what, you have the duck? Isn't there one with ostriches or something? Or some kind of animal like that? Um, Liberty Mutual does. Yeah, what? With and Doug. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, help help me, David. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. There there are a few of them out there, but I think it's just important to, you know, just ask around. Um, you know, ask your friends. Uh, stop by Green and Phillips. Stop in and talk to your local lawyer. You know, who is reasonably easy to deal with if you're involved in a crash. And you have to make a claim. Who is it? Not the one that has the best ad, not the one that has the this or the that. Who is going to be the one that's more reasonable to deal with and that's going to keep you from having to take time off work and go down there and give your deposition and go in front of a jury and go in front of a judge? No one wants to have to do that. They really don't. David, Get the right intro. as always, I really appreciate it. The advice, uh, the number to reach at the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm is... Yeah, very simple. It's 251-300-2000-51 North Florida Street, right here in Midtown Mobile, across from Butch Cassidy's and Cammie's Old Dutch Ice Cream, or the Forbes Building in downtown Birmingham. Have a wonderful day and a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Have a great day, guys. God bless. All right, so we got yeah. So you're talking about the mayhem commercials where the guy that's always beat up. I love those commercials. I can't stand those commercials. I think they're brilliant. I turn them off immediately. With I can't the, stand that the guy. Pr the promposal is hilarious, and then when he's uh, he's playing basketball yeah, with his yeah, I saw it, his yeah. more aggressive brother, that's hilarious. And then I messed up because it's an emu with Liberty Mutual. You know the emu and yeah. Dog. All right. Why do you like that? I don't know. I just can't I think stand they're clever. That. When he's I don't the late, like that guy. When he's the latest social media trend, trending on TikTok, or whatever, I, I, I just think they're clever. I, I think they're uh, okay. they're fair. trendy. Uh, they're on point. Um, I, I think I think they're good. I think it's good. Speaking stuff. about the commercials with the duck, you think of Dion? I did mention thirty-one of his originally fifty-one scholarship players have left. Do you remember? Well, you do, Mark. But do you remember when he took over and basically told everybody to pack it in? Take a leave and yep. go. So 18 after the uh, spring football game elected to go into the transfer portal. Yep. Doesn't mean they're all going to go, but I would think most of them are. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's true to his word. He said he was going to clean house. He told him most of you are going to have to find another place, and he wasn't lying. So so he'll either be remembered as the guy that completely transformed 
that program into a perennial winner or he's going to be remembered for a guy that drove a program into a ground and drove kids off. I mean, that's it's 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 either or. Now, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because he's he's been successful uh, at everything he's uh, he's done. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's it's incredibly um, aggressive to clean house the way he's done it. Uh, I'm not sure we've seen I mean, anybody clean house I mean, you can do it in like basketball this. like Patino did at St. John's, but you're only looking to replace 12 guys. Another story we haven't hit upon, you wrote it up on AL.com. It gives me food for thought when I get down to Sandestin for the uh, SEC Media Days. So in addition to the scheduling format, are they going to come out with a proposal to uh, maybe strike a balance with teams that uh, when you flood the field after a game, penalize a team? Yeah, we need to get into that in hour number two. We have the new track that just dropped. It's about Lee Shervanian. We'll tell you all about it. We have a, somebody in the app who is not a fan of flow at Progressive. Doesn't like flow. I, I can... Eh, yeah, I, I'm with him. Give me Mayhem above and beyond any other one. Mayhem is... You like Mayhem. Oh, yeah. I don't like that one at all. Oh, he, Mayhem's the best. All right, uh, here comes Travis Ryer. Stay with us. The opening kickoff. is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 7.05, hour number two. We got a lot going on today. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Boy, do we ever, Mark. Headlines, of course, are going through the roof. Aaron Rodgers, now a Jet. We'll get into that, uh, especially at 7.30 with Pro Football Focus. Uh, Actually, the Jets do not lose a first-rounder. They move down two notches. Green Bay gets the 13th. Jets will get Green Bay's 15th. Uh, there will be a second-round pick going to uh, Green Bay, and then they trade off the fifth and the sixth picks and then a conditional 2024. But Rodgers is a Jet, the four-time MVP. Uh, Mark and I will also get into this uh, SEC business that's been tossed around about instead of finding or maybe besides finding schools for storming the field after a win – uh, maybe penalizing a school, maybe taking away a conference home game. Uh, that's that's one of many proposals out there. I'm sure that'll surface in uh, Destin. But first things first, we've got uh, Travis Ryer joining us from uh, 24/7 BAM Online. Travis, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? I'm I'm great. How are you guys? Travis, it seems like there's been a reluctance on some media to guarantee uh, Alabama winning a national title based on a spring football game. How did you see it? Yeah, you know, I was kind of, I guess, in the middle of it all. I went into it bracing for some major overreaction where the quarterback position was concerned. I, I don't think it was maybe too over the top in retrospect, but still an area of big-time concern for Alabama fans. I don't think there's any doubt about that between Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson. You saw some good things. You saw some not-so-good things, and I think that elusive quest to reach a level of consistency that's going to make Nick Saban at least somewhat satisfied is going to continue on through the summer months and into fall camp and 
you know, we'll see a direction that, that Alabama chooses to take, whether it's Milroe and whether it's Simpson. I I did think you, you saw some good thing, things, too, from the younger quarterbacks. Dylan Lonergan looked to be very poised and, you know, in control of things for a newcomer. Same in, in some ways for Eli Holstein. So, you know, the big picture, I think, is promising for the quarterback position at Alabama. And you got to understand, too, I think what we saw on Saturday from a a plan and a play calling perspective probably ain't going to line up much with what we'll see uh, by the time Middle Tennessee rolls around, especially after everything we had heard throughout spring practice about physicality and you know the run game and the running backs and you know as is typically the case, some of these spring games can turn into a sort of passing fest and uh, so when you look at it from play sequencing and just even run pass ratio, I would think. Uh, you know, this offense is going to look a bit different when the games count. Travis, why do you think some media members have a knee-jerk reaction based on a spring football game with limitations? Because I go back to the Blake Sims spring practice when everybody was really down in the dumps and look at the year he had. Why Why do they get so worked up on a game like this, or a scrimmage, I should say? Well, I think for for some folks, they you know, it's the it's the only thing they see all spring there's 15 practices and they see one you know and they see one that is again um, sort of designed in a way in which even though you're seeing it you're not really seeing much as far as you know what the plan's going to be and what the approach is going to be uh, schematically and so um, really all you're left with is some some uh, some basic observations where personnel and skill set uh, is concerned and so yeah, I mean, I still think if you put Jalen Milrow in an offense similar to what you ran with Bryce Young the previous two years, he's not going to look like Bryce Young. He's not going to look anything like Bryce Young. There's not many guys who are. Uh, if you're going to just drop him straight back and ask him to, you know, sort of execute a a pro style or you know spread sort of passing game, that's that's not going to best suit him, and probably not even Ty Simpson at this point in his development. So. Um, you know, you're you're going to be, I think, more run heavy at least early in games. I think this offense is going to be designed in a way to work from the inside out, whereas with Bryce, it was more about outside in, and you know that's gonna that's gonna benefit either of these quarterbacks or the quarterback position in general. Travis Ryer, our guest here on WNSP, and, and it also goes to like everything else with Alabama football fans, in some degree, some media types have have just gotten spoiled. I mean, look at the the run of quarterbacks Alabama's had here in recent years. There was a time not that long ago, Travis, where we were talking about why can't Alabama get a quarterback into the league that starts, and, and look where we are now. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's no doubt about that. And so uh, it, was a, it was a run for all time, really. It has been, and who knows? You know, maybe one of these guys will continue it when it's all said and done. I just think the approach will certainly be different. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, with what you had in Bryce, you could kind of throw it to run it. I think this team is going to be more retro or more like some previous Alabama offenses in that uh, it will run it to throw it with play action. And, you know, the quarterback also involved in the run game. We only saw a glimpse of that on Saturday, and both Milrow and Simpson produced explosive plays with their legs. So, I think there's going to be more of that in the fall and certainly more of an emphasis on 
uh, play action and, and kind of establishing the run as the primary threat and really the running back position in general, as you saw, Justice Haynes coming in as an early enrollee, Jason McClellan, Roy Dell Williams, Jan Miller, Richard Young on the way. Um, I think that's going to be more of the centerpiece, going to be more running back centric than probably even quarterback centric. If you were drafting and you were in charge of the Carolina Panthers and you know the quarterbacks that are up for grabs, would you take Bryce Young number one? I would. Yeah, I mean, if it's a quarterback that you're going to take at the top of the draft, um, you know, and I know that, that Bryce has some, some concerns of his own, but as far as being day one ready, I, I would think Bryce is at the top of that list. And then, you know, all the other attributes, not that the other guys don't have them as well, but, you know, there's a sense of security in that the person you're getting in Bryce Young is the face of your franchise moving forward you're going to feel really good about that part too. And uh, again, just uh, as far as being a, an NFL caliber passer right now, uh, even at five ten and some change, I still think it's Bryce clearly. Um, as far as, again, going in from the first day and being able to maybe be that kind of guy for a team. Give me your take on Nate Oates uh, coming out with a statement immediately on this Jaquan Walton and saying he had, transferred into Alabama, and, and, and Oates says that no, more, no more. He's not coming in because of the arrest on Saturday. What did you read into this? Yeah, I think there's you know going to be a hypersensitivity to situations like this. Even though it was a misdemeanor uh, charge, or it is a misdemeanor charge with Walton, uh, more of a, a, a zero tolerance. And, and look, you know, we can go back to the Darius Miles situation um, with Brandon Miller and, and everything that it entailed and uh, kind of question uh, the, the recruitment of some guys and, you know, is there a, a, a diligence being done in terms of background? There was nothing in Darius Miles' background that suggested that horrific uh, event was perhaps on the horizon for him. So, you know, look, sometimes you, you bring in guys and, and for whatever reason, decisions are made, choices are made that don't line up with the history or the past. I don't know Jaquan Walton. I don't know his history. Uh, so maybe that could have played into this particular situation. But I think, Nate, um, you're going to see this probably more moving forward. And, and again, not that that Nate during his time at Alabama has had this sort of year in year out issue with players from this perspective. It's, it's been a, it's been a rough look for Alabama. It's been a tragic situation uh, in many ways uh, in every way uh, over the last eight or nine months. And um, you know, it's just, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. And I, I just can't get over. I, like this would have been his fourth school. I mean, yeah. how do they keep track of their credit hours? It would have been, let's see, started at Georgia, went to a junior college, went to Wichita State. Alabama would have been the fourth. And I also wonder, too, and, and, and maybe I'm playing too much into this, had this happened, let's say, out in Idaho or Wichita State, if Nate would have reacted this quickly in the fact that he was arrested right in Tuscaloosa about a block away from where that tragedy occurred. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't – I don't believe it was a given that Walton was going to, you know, be able to get into school. So, you know, that's where he was still in limbo as it was. So if there was already question about him being able to academically 
make it work, it, it, it makes it an easier decision, I'm sure, for Nate on that front, too, to go ahead and say, you know, it was already tenuous uh, from that perspective. And um, you, you still have guys in the portal that Alabama is actively recruiting. So if you've got a next guy up at Walton's spot in a situation like this uh, occurs, then, you know, then it, it's, it's easier to just move on and, and go to your uh, sort of contingency options there for that spot, that, that place in the scholarship pecking order as well. And so uh, from a couple of different angles, it, it, it makes sense. Uh Travis Ryer, quickly, I just put you on my working committee. Solve my uh, storming the field issue uh, in the SEC. How, how does one discipline a program for its team or its fans running out on the field? Well, according to what we're hearing, if you're going to take away home games, uh, that's one less opportunity to storm the field, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you don't have home games, you can't storm the field. Yeah, you know, that's And that that's pretty drastic, boy, when you talk about that you want to talk about a financial hit? Yeah. When you start taking away home games, conference home games, not only to the university and the athletic department involved, but to the cities, to the towns, right? I mean, you think about the the economic impact that an SEC home football game has on a on an SEC town. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty far reaching. Yeah. Hey, how can people continue to follow your coverage of all things Alabama, sir? Just go to BamaOnline.com or Alabama.247Sports.com. Either way, it'll get you to us. Appreciate it. Have a great week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Travis Ryer, ladies and gentlemen. Here's my problem with any penalty, and we're going to get to this coming up here in this hour. In the in the moment, in the moment of the the end of a game that you're getting ready to storm the field, fans aren't thinking logically. They're not being reasonable. They're they are they are inebriated and and. The adrenaline's pumping, and they're in the moment. Universities better hope they don't take home games away because I guarantee you, Johnny in the stands who's been to the concession stands eight times that game and is is feeling feeling good, he don't care what the repercussions are. Yeah, they may put the students up in the fifth deck or something like that and take them away from the field. So scoreboard traffic and weather are next. We'll uh, see if we can catch up with uh, Dave McCrary over at LCM Motorcars. We'll talk to Brad Spielberger of um, Pro Football Focus. we got some Chick-fil-A to give away. David Morris is still on tap. Jalen Wayne's going to be along. We have a new track. A new track just dropped that you're going to have to hear. It is, I'm calling it Double Platinum. Double Platinum. And it's a great song. Am I going to have to go on tour? Maybe you're gonna build up gold. the Nick and I go on tour to build this, get to number one. Oh no! I mean, you may just go out and wave, but just wave. if anybody's going on tour, it's Triple G. I mean, you'll be a prop. Yeah, that's true. He can just do it. He doesn't need me. No, he does not. All right, stay with us. You'll hear it all soon. Kickoff continues on WNSP, and it's time to highlight the cars of the week with David McCrary at LCM Motor Cars in Theodore. David McCrary, LCM Motor Cars, LCMotorcars.com joins us here on WNSP. And when we say they have something for everybody at LCM Motor Cars, we ain't lying. David, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm good, Mark. Good morning. Welcome back. 
So thank you. So I was perusing uh, your Facebook page the other day, and I came across a Corvette, sir. Tell me that baby's still on the lot. It's actually in my driveway right now. It'll be back on the lot this morning <laughs> when I get back to work. It is um, That is an 09 uh, Corvette. It's white with tan guts. It's got 100,000 miles on it, dead even, 100,000, like 312 miles on it. It's a two-owner car, which is really rare for an 09 model. Usually they've had six or seven owners. Uh, the Carfax is clean. Uh, tires are good. It, that's one of the nicest Corvettes I've owned, and I've owned a bunch of Corvettes. It's a really nice car. 26 grand buys it. Um, like I said, it's white with tan, so just a classic car. And the, we- the weather's so nice, man. It, it's the perfect car. But you also have – I saw you had a boat on the lot as well. We have a 2019 Key Largo. It's a 161 Bay Boat. It's got a T-top with rocket launchers. It's got a 19 Suzuki outboard and 19 trailer underneath it. And it's it's like it's a very nice little boat, very nice. We sell a lot of little boats and, and um, travel trailers and that type of stuff, and it's a really clean little boat. Well, you indeed have something for everybody. They can go online to lcmmotorcars.com to check out all your inventory. You're updating daily. When can people come see you, and, uh, and where are you located, David? We're open 8 to 6, Monday through Friday, 9 to 2 on Saturday. Uh, you come see us at Pleasant Valley, I mean, excuse me, Plantation and Highway 90. That's one mile south of I-10, exit 15A. Like you said, the stuff's on the website, lcmmotorcars.com, or you just give us a call at 251-375-0068. All right, I think Shervain is going to come by. You guys can go joyriding after the show. Waiting on him. Sounds good, man. Thanks. Have a great one. Talk to you later. That's Dave McCurry, LCM Motorcars, lcmmotorcars.com. Uh, do we have a couple minutes, or are we out of time? Maybe we should do it in... We'll try to do it a little bit later in the hour, maybe. All right. We're going to, we have this fantastic new track for you that you have to hear. You played it for you earlier today. We're going to do it again. It, it, it takes WNSP to a different stratosphere, right? It, we're, we're, we're journeying to places never gone before on the sports station. You know, I, uh, you know, I bring a little something different to the mornings. You know, I see uh, Paul Feinbaum. He's getting his name dropped in a song so uh, by Lil Wayne. So I figure, you know, I would try and do a little something something for our own Hall of Famer, Lee Shervanian. Back on. There we go. Hey, uh, that's pretty neat because even the great Hall of Famer, Joe DiMaggio, <laughs> did not – like the fact that his name was in that uh, the Mrs. Robinson song yeah. by Simon and Garfunkel. He thought it was very offensive, whereas the public embraced it. But I'm embracing what I just heard in the 6 o'clock hour. That's because you want royalties. True. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to get royalties from no, that? I said, I said he you, would. I said you want royalties. I didn't say you were getting anything. I didn't even think about that. Nick would get That's the royalties. That's why you need me as your agent. Yes, I do. I do need an agent. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll knock it out. So, the But co- if I had an agent, what if I wound up at Disney? I'd be sucking wind these days. My gosh, 7,000 employees are going to be let go in the next couple of weeks. Well, it's a very big company. Very big it's, it's company. It's over there in the House of Mouse. Does that include, like, the mascots? Could they ever get rid of them? Uh, like not the actual – no, I mean, the, the people that play, play yes. Them? I mean, they're not firing Donald Duck. Chip, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Well, yeah. you'll be hearing from my lawyer. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs>
I found Come it. Come on, Pluto. So I saw the A-list of people who are untouchable. Your buddy Stephen A. My buddy. Joe Buck. Troy Aikman. You see Marcus Spears got like a four-year deal? Yeah. Elevated money. But Chris Fowler, he wanted a big raise. Didn't get it. Yeah. I think we need to unionize. <laughs> Come on, Minnie. <laughs> <laughs> Take Disney to court. Uh, yeah. Good as having a genie if he doesn't make the wishes, man, come true. That's crazy. All right. We'll uh, turn our attention to the NFL draft next. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP. Money is nice. Championships are better. Money is nice. Championships are better. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know either way. That's a Philadelphia quarterback and former Alabama slash Oklahoma star Jalen Hurts in his press conference yesterday. Welcome back in the opening kickoff. Quickly want to remind you about our WNSP draft party is Thursday. We're at walk-ons. Come on by and see us. It's going to be a lot of fun. The final drive will be broadcasting over there from 3 to 6 with Corey and Michael. And then that leads into our WNSP Draft Challenge, where we invite you, the listeners, to come out and give your best attempt at predicting the top 10 order. Um, and Triple G will be out there calculating all the scores. If you are our winner, you get a Traeger grill, compliments of Bailey's TV and mattress. And the minute Bryce Young gets drafted, we're going to have a separate drawing for a uh, Bryce Young jersey, compliments of the vault. There'll be some WNSP t-shirts we're giving away. Triple G is guaranteeing that everyone that shows up will get a t-shirt. So come on by and see us at walk-ons for our WNSP draft challenge. You know, Brian Bosarge of uh, Deep Fry Draft is going to join us tomorrow. And I know we've talked to him before about how accurate are these mock drafts. And I think somewhere, like, if you get, like, eight out of the 32 or something like that right on, if you come out and you predict all 10, you belong in another business. <laughs> you belong in, you belong on one of these networks. Here's somebody that really knows what's going on with Pro Football Focus, uh, Brad Spielberger. He's on the line with us right now. Brad, welcome to the show. Good morning. Welcome to the opening kickoff. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You know, I, you know, we were supposed to start with this. Obviously, it was with the draft and the quarterbacks. But I've got to ask you, from pro football focus standpoints, who got the better of the deal, the Packers or the Jets? Yeah, so we kind of knew where the, the value was going to come in after months of this conversation. But I do think at the end of the day, it skews a little bit towards Green Bay for, for two reasons. So first, you know, the swap from 15 to 13 is not an insignificant move. Yes, of course, all you do is jump the Patriots and move up two spots. But, you know, moving up two spots in the top 15 picks is, is a decent deal. We saw last year this exact trade go down with the Philadelphia Eagles to go get Jordan Davis. Uh, they gave up a fourth-rounder and two fifth-round picks, right? So significant capital. Um, the second piece is the condition on next year's second-round pick um, is that Rodgers has to play at least 65% of snaps a very low bar to clear. It's basically just injury protection, but there should be no other reason he doesn't hit it. 
there, there were rumors that Jets kind of wanted it tied to maybe making the playoffs or maybe winning, even winning a playoff game. Uh, and instead, it comes down to regular season snaps. So, so I think Green Bay did very well at the end of the day. So, and, and I had the opposite reaction, Brad. And this is what I want to tell me where I went wrong. I look at it like the Jets didn't give up a first round. I mean, two notches down. I don't think that's such a big deal. Uh, and then they get a, uh, what, a, a fifth rounder and the Packers get a sixth rounder. So you're really looking at somebody in 2024 and you don't know what's going to come out there. So, and then of course, if you get a quarterback who can take you to the postseason, doesn't that speak volumes? No, of course. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not saying either team is a loss here, right? I mean, I, I mean, I think both teams basically one absolutely needed a quarterback and one absolutely needed to clear $60 million in cash in 2023 off their books. Uh, and start fresh, get some draft capital, and, and kick off the Jordan Love era. So, you know, I'm not mocking the Jets. I think they did poorly by any means. But but I do think getting all that money also is a huge part of this, right? I mean, Rodgers is making, I want to say in cash alone, about $10 million more than any other quarterback this season. Like, it's, it's a huge, huge, you know, we're going to hear about his cap hits getting lowered and all that, which is standard operating procedure. But, but yes, long answer short, definitely a, a win for both parties. All right, let's get to the draft. The uh, there's four. I'm going to throw in a fifth quarterback, too. Okay, obviously Bryce, uh, Stroud, uh, Will Levis, uh, Richardson, and I'm going to throw Herndon Hooker in there. How does pro football uh, focus analyze this as to who to take among those quarterbacks, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth? Yeah, so Bryce Young has been our number one quarterback all the way through, our highest-graded quarterback the last two years. Um, top 10 grade against pressure, you know, any way you want to splice and, and look at quarterback play, he is the top guy. Of course, you know, then teams are going to come in and look at measurables and, and height and weight and all those things. And that's sometimes where the two of us diverge. Um, but it does sound like the NFL also agrees that Bryce Young is that special of a talent that he deserves to be number one overall. I think it's going to be the case. So, Number two for us, it would be, uh, I would say, C.J. Stroud. Uh, charted as our most accurate quarterback in the entire college football the last two years. 68% accurate pass rate. We chart every single throw. Um, led the entire college football the last two years, like I said. So, you know, very accurate. Has a big frame. Not very good against pressure. Not great outside of structure. Um, but the weird thing there is the best game of his career was against Georgia. You know, playing on the run making throws, going left and right, you know, uh, evading the pocket, all those things. So uh, then I, I think it would be uh, Anthony Richardson. Look, he, he does have some issues. His grading on short throws, like one to nine yards, is very, very low. Um, needs to clean up his accuracy. But, you know, a, a freak athlete, you know, one of the best athletes we've ever seen test at the quarterback position. And I think there are reasons to like, again, the PFF quote-unquote perspective of very good also at, at manipulating the pocket, does not take a lot of bad sacks, Knows when to scramble or throw the ball away. Uh, then I would say Will Levis, uh, much better in 2021 than 2022. I think some people are getting fixated on his last year. He was hurt with multiple injuries this past year, had a bad supporting cast, had a different coaching staff. But you look at 2021, a good player with a lot of upside. And then finally, look, Hendon Hooker may have been you know a higher answer, but 25 years old, coming off a torn ACL, playing in an offense that, that really created a ton of open throws. And unlike Anthony Richardson, takes a lot of bad sacks and, and does not make very good decisions in terms of when to get rid of the football. So that would be our five uh, in, in that order. So, Brad, tell me a little bit how much or if at all, when you talk about Stroud, a lot of reports about that S2 cogn cognition test. Do, does that factor at all in? Not necessarily the fact that 
the media outlets out there are reporting or people are hearing that he's slipping. But do you take the like the cognition test or any of that into account when you evaluate quarterbacks? Yeah, so, you know, I do think it's, it's growing more and more as a data point for teams. I'll tell you, it's just that. I, I talked to probably a half dozen teams, um, you know, when it became this huge story and just said, you know, how big, how big are you weighting this test or how much do you, you factor into your evaluation? And pretty much all of them said, yeah, we like it. We think it, it, it's relevant, um, but it's a data point, right? It is not this, hey, we had this guy ranked fifth. And then he does poorly on the S2 or does well on the S2, and now he's ranked second or now he's ranked 10th, right? It's not this massive swinging factor, but it does matter. There is some signal in it, apparently. Um, it's been very early on. It's only been around since 2015. So still need more time, still need to look through things. But, but yeah, we're, we're certainly not going to ignore, you know, things like processing ability that the S2 cognition test, you know, finds out about players. Is there anybody in this draft that pro football focus could define as a can't miss draft him and he's going to be a star right away? Uh, it's tough because I think the only player that could have possibly fit into that category uh, from a football playing standpoint was Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter. Uh, by far the best player in this class, in my opinion. I think most of the people at the company here would agree as well. Um, a, a true difference-making interior pass rusher that also is stout against the run. You know, just a truly potentially elite three-down player at an important and impactful position. But, of course, when you, you know, have off-field legal issues, when you don't do, you know, you can't even finish your pro day for conditioning things, all these things. Look, I still think he goes as a top 10 pick, but I can't categorize him as a can't miss prospect, you know, now that we know more about him as a person. What are you guys thinking about the number two pick? Uh, is it uh, CJ Stroud? Do they go defense there? I think it will be one of CJ Stroud or. Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher from Texas Tech, or Will Anderson from Alabama. I really don't buy the Will Levis smoke. Maybe I'm wrong, but but I personally don't believe. You know, I think there's a lot of dot connecting done doing there by people, and I'm not sure I buy it. So I think that's the pool of three players. I'm going to lean towards the defensive player, and I'm actually going to go with Tyree Wilson right now if I had to guess. Um, big body, 6'6", 270, 270 pounds, a ridiculous wingspan. This is one inch shorter than Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's how, that's how long this guy is. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, and, and I think he's a guy that new head coach D'Amico Ryan, another you know, former Alabama guy, um, that's the kind of players they were looking at in San Francisco. I think he could fall in love with him as a prospect and bring him in number two overall. Brad uh, Spielberger with Pro Football Focus. You sound like you know what you're talking about, so I'm going to ask you this if you want to dive into this. Uh, since we're asking our listeners Thursday to join us at walk-ons for our draft party, pick the top 10. Do you want to give us your top 10, one through 10? Oh, I'll give it a shot. It's going to be totally random as it always is. I heard you guys talking before I jumped on um, about, you know, picking pick the mock draft, and you're right. Like eight, eight players is pretty good. I think I had 13 last year and I would have scored, you know, very high in all these different contests and whatnot. So that being said, that's giving myself an out for when I get like two of these correct. Yeah, so, yeah. If I if I had to bet right now, all right, run through ten. I'll go number one, Bryce Young. I think that's the you know the free square. Um, I'll go okay. I'll say tra I'll say Tyree Wilson second overall. I'm gonna bet Arizona tries to trade out, but they cannot find a trade partner. Um, and, and they're desperate to trade. I think they might even take a bad deal. But I'll say Will Anderson third overall. I'll go Anthony Richardson fourth overall to the Colts. Wow. Um, I'll do yeah. I'll do a trade here. I'll say the Eagles trade up to number five with Seattle. And they come up and take Jalen Carter, fifth overall. Sixth overall, I will go with Devin Witherspoon, the Illinois cornerback. Seventh overall, I'm going to go with Christian Gonzalez, the Oregon cornerback. Eighth overall is the Atlanta Falcons. 
I'll go with Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia. Uh, ninth overall, I will take hmm, I'll take Paris Johnson, the tackle from Ohio State. And then 10th overall, I'll go Peter Skoronsky, the Northwestern guard tackle, uh, which would be Seattle in, in this spot. It's going to happen just like that. It's going to happen. And, and people, you heard it here first on WNSP. Uh, hey, great stuff, Brad. Uh, how can people get more information as the uh, the NFL draft is right around the corner? Yeah, if you want more information like that, that 2 out of 10 mock draft I just did, <laughs> uh, you, 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 you can follow me on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. And I have multiple articles, articles coming out this week on PFF.com. Uh, technically, it's one of nine because we're the Bryce. Bryce, you said it is a free square, so technically it's one out of nine. There you go. Yeah, that's hey, fair. That's hey, fair. Hey, man, we really appreciate it. Great stuff, and uh, enjoy the draft. We'll be in touch. Thank you. You too. Yep. Brad certainly knows his stuff, and so does Dr. Christopher Mullinex uh, with Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery. Uh, he and his uh, associates, Dr. Wallander and Dr. Babston, three outstanding oral surgeons available. No referral needed. Same-day appointments available. They specialize in everything. Jaw surgery, facial trauma, knocked-out teeth, wisdom teeth, dental implants, jaw surgery, and much, much more. If you have an emergency, let's say in the morning, give them a call, 471-3381. Chances are they can fit you in in the afternoon. We certainly appreciate Mobile Facial and facial, I should say, mobile oral and facial surgery for being our uh, title sponsor. When we hit the road this Friday, we'll be at Mobile Christian. And a big thank you to Dr. Christopher Mullenix. All right, so when we come back, a couple things. We're going to give you an opportunity to, to win some Chick-fil-A. And then the encore performance. Can't wait. Of the newest track that dropped earlier today on WNSP. Take that, Springsteen. Now, Springsteen ain't got nothing on uh, he and the F Street Band after you hear this one. Am I right? How do they go from an F, from an E to an F? Just failure. That's what it is? That's what it is. It does not, it does not match up. It does not measure up to what you're getting ready to hear. So, for those that don't know, uh, Lil Wayne kind of name dropped. Paul Feinbaum and his new uh, new song. We did one better, and it has to do with Lee Trevanian. Stay with us. You're not going to want to miss this. Hi, this is Luis Gonzalez, former South Alabama Jaguar and Major League player. You're listening to WNSP Mobile. Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day Where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A All right, boys and girls, here's your chance. It's some uh, some snacks. Yeah, let's get done with this quickly because I want to get into that um, song by Little Nicky. So uh, <laughs> here it is. All right, uh, this has to do with the draft coming up. There's a chance that Bryce Young, a good chance, he's the odds-on favorite, will be the top pick. Name the last player who has ties to this state, meaning they either lived in this state or went to school in this state, who was the overall number one pick. In other words, they could have played here, whether it be Alabama, Auburn, Troy, whatever, or they lived in this uh, state and then maybe went somewhere else who was the overall number one pick 
in the NFL draft. And if you know the answer, 694-1055, you get a Chick-fil-A gift card. Yeah, you get a little flavor this morning. All right, so uh, coming up, we're going to talk to David Morris at 8 o'clock, and then uh, we are scheduled to be joined by Jalen Wayne uh, on the NFL draft. So uh, in the meantime, a couple things real quick. Um, we mentioned it. We haven't talked a whole lot about it. We're, um, there is a working committee in the SEC looking at ways to deter fan bases from running onto the field in celebration of their team's win. A couple of the proposals. One is a loss of a home conference game in the future. And two, uh, one that's certainly not going to pass is the forfeiture of the game if fans run out on the field. But this is something Greg Byrne is on the working committee. In fact, I think he heads it. Uh, so we're, we, it should give you something to talk about when we uh, when we get to the spring meetings. I will tell you this: when I saw the story of which you penned, I have put out a feeler to try to get Greg Greg Byrne on with us. So nice. I don't know if that'll happen before the SEC meetings, but I hope it does. I wasn't aware they were looking into this. Were you, were you even before yesterday? A, no any idea. They, they did it. Uh, they put the committee together shortly after you know Alabama's two instances where Tennessee. Uh, charge the field and LSU because quite frankly the six-figure penalty just is you know the Tennessee president just laughed it off like it was worth every penny so they've got to find some of the deterrent because it's not working did we get a winner yeah our guy Austin is the winner Austin is the winner but let me tell you all something now everybody's gonna win (laughs) because you know the phrase music to my ears here's why such an expression exists May I present to you, for the second time today, the newest and hottest track in America. Do we, does it even have a name? <laughs> right now I just have it as Lee Rap. Lee Rap. I like it. It's like Saran Rap, but different. Right. You know, Paul Feinbaum gets a name drop, so we had to give our guy Lee Shervanian his whole own song. From the Garden State, born to be a big star Thick ass wallet full of Chick-fil-A gift cards Man steady grinding for the sun, even shining Couple fake teeth, but they're all made of diamonds The haters jealous cause they know they can't beat us Riding through the town, winners down in the Prius Cops are lucky he's not a public defendant Cause he'd never let a client ever finish a sentence L to the E Lee be the OG in the AM He playing Playing like a bro L to the E, E, Lee be the OG in the AM, he playing, playing like a pro, drip like Namath, swag like Saban, beat you in the presence of Mobile's most famous, puts up with Mark, that'll make a brother's head hurt, arms tucked away in the oversized sweatshirt, league of his own, better watch your tone, no buttons on the pants, got the buttons on the phone, the one and only, OG, Lee Shervanian, real new Talking Tasmanian, L to the E, E, Lee be the OG in the AM, he playing, playing like a pro, L to the E, E, Lee be the OG in the AM, he playing, playing like a pro, L to the E, E, Lee be the OG in the AM, he playing, Playing like a pro. L to the E, E. Lee be the OG in the AM. He playing. Playing like a pro.
When I say we, you say OG. We is the OG. We is the OG. And you did this during the golf show yesterday? We is the OG. We is the OG. We is the mother freaking OG. Mother freaking OG. So you did this during the golf show yesterday? I mean, you did this in less than an hour? Golf clap. That's fantastic. Nice, nice can work, we, Triple can G. Can we play that when Paul comes on, and then it versus his little to do, um, where he just sure. gets one line and yeah, I, I think that's the plan. Good, good, good. And good. I do believe we'll play. We'll try to play this again at the end of the show. Uh, but we, uh, I think we're going to try to get this up on social today at some point. Um, but I, I don't want to give it away. I just I think Nick is putting together some album art, some cover art for you, Lee. Yeah, so I, think it, uh, I, I can't encapsulates wait. your energy very couple well. Couple of weeks, maybe I, my new People magazine, it'll have Nick in there somewhere. Yeah, I should win an award for that or something, right? <laughs> so someone said the Jags baseball song is better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that's tripping. that's coming up at eight. That's coming up at eight thirty. So hang in there, all right. <laughs> that's that's coming up at eight thirty. So uh-huh. hang in there. Uh, by the way, the winner, uh, Austin, I think you said his name. Yes. Uh, the answer was Jameis Winston, okay. Huey Town, very before good. he went to. Florida State. No, I um, I'm going to be prejudicial. I like the song that Nick just did. The Jag song is very good. We used I used to play that a lot when I was broadcasting games, but it didn't have my name in it. So let's right. be on, let's be from fair the about Garden it. Garden State, yeah. born to be a big star, thick ass wallet full of Chick Fil A gift cards. Yeah, that was pretty good. How do you beat that? You can't. Cops are lucky he's not a public defendant because he'd never let a client ever finish a sentence. Yep. Uh, Little Wayne, balls in your court. Sir. Yeah, that's right. Come on. <laughs> yeah. What you got now? Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've, it's funny when I, I've read uh, numerous stories about, you know, doing, putting together lyrics and things like that. That's why I was curious. How, how fast did you do this? Sometimes it takes, you know songwriters like a week some do it in 10 minutes some like i remember uh th- what was that frankie valley the first song that made them a hit sherry the <laughs> the guy who wrote it, it he said 10 minutes on a bus he just he was on the bus and he wrote it in 10 minutes and got it done and so nick it took you less than what a half hour yeah i probably wrote the lyrics in like 15 minutes That's and great. then i had to record it so and that was between commercials yesterday right yeah so while, jo- while the golf <laughs> show was going on, I was in the front of the bus uh, <laughs> DJing away. Um, you know, I couldn't let Paul Feinbaum be the only guy you. who comes on this show. So somebody in the app said, maybe if you do a, uh, maybe an extended version next time, although it's pretty pretty lengthy, someone suggested that maybe you use some Lee-isms in the, uh, like, Grand Slammer and let me ask you a question, according to the app. Just saying. Uh, That's someone says they want to place a bet right now that Triple G made this over a year ago and just now saw the opportunity to bring it out publicly, but not bad at all. Um, Someone said, "Wow, what an inspiration!" You guys said the rap was a lot better than expected. You guys underestimate my skills. See, when I was in high school, my thing was that I freestyle rapped all the time. Oh, so like you, like Eight Mile is like one of your favorite movies. Uh. It's okay. 
Really? It didn't, didn't, did you win these battles? Oh, yeah, all the time. After this plays out, is there a chance you might work on one for Mark? Oh, maybe. Time, you know, time, give him his something. Due? Yeah, I can throw something together. All right. What was the uh, oh? So what was better, Eight Mile or that Disney movie? I'm, I'm uh, let oh, it shine. Oh, I actually did like that movie. I don't remember what it was called, but let it I know shine. What you're talking about with yeah. the guy from Everybody Hates Chris. Yeah, this dude can't wrap let anything. Let it shine or something. Yeah, like when that. he says uh, nobody can, this dude can't wrap anything but my burrito or whatever. Yeah, it was. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Disney. I should have tried to throw in some pain, little discomfort in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, the next one, the follow-up. Yeah. The follow-up never quite as, as, as popular as the original, though, in a song. I'm waiting for some sort of random Frankie Valley reference. Don't mess with me in the oversized sweatshirt. He'll bring you a little pain, a little discomfort. <laughs> Maybe it's good that I did. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a work in progress. Yeah. All right, coming up at 8 o'clock, David Morris, QB Country. Going to break it down for us with the NFL draft. Uh, we got some South Alabama tickets, baseball tickets we're going to give away as well. And uh, Jalen Wayne set to join us as well. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station. Stay with us. On the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 8.04, here we are, just rolling along here as we inch ever so closer to the NFL draft. We encourage you to join us at our draft party this Thursday at Walk-Ons. The final drive will be broadcasting from 3 to 6. Then you can take part in our WNSP Draft Challenge up for grads, a Traeger Grill, thanks to Bailey's TV and Mattress. And then the minute Bryce Young gets drafted, we will have a drawing for a Bryce Young jersey thanks to the vault there'll be some brand new merch some wnsp t-shirts we're just giving away so come on by and see some of all us crazy personalities here at wnsp it's always a lot of fun to hang out with you guys so let's do that this thursday at walk-ons all right so quarterbacks are in the news aaron Rodgers now a jet and bryce young maybe the first pick and david morris who better to talk to than a guy in quarterback country good morning david how are you today Hey, Lee. Mark, how are y'all? Good. So I don't know if we're – I guess we can since it's in the past. Were you and Eli flinging that football around this weekend in town? Uh, yeah, we were. We were. We uh, we, uh, it was, uh, we were able to hang out a little bit and uh, sling it around. Uh, what, it wasn't quite as crisp as old times, <laughs> but it was fun. Well, is this something that he, he was doing for Omaha Productions or a show or just to have fun with you, Dave? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're close friends, so we were just we were just getting together, and uh, yeah, we're, we're you know we're kind of always thinking and working on stuff, and so a uh, little bit of little little bit of both. 
But, but no, not not with Omaha, no, sir. And did the subject of Aaron Rodgers come up at all? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> it didn't. All right, before we get to the draft, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Aaron Rodgers at the age of what, I think he's 39 now, uh, being traded to the Jets. Uh, just when you Obviously, it's not great, big-time breaking news in a sense because we thought it would happen. But how do you feel about that at his age, uh, moving to a new team? Yeah, I mean, he can throw it as good or better than anyone in the league. So, I mean, I think he, I think he should be fine. I mean, I think it's a lot, you know, this, this late in your career. I do think that New York is set up for a lot of success, and they got a great defense, and they got some pieces around them. And it just seemed like, you know, that the the marriage in Green Bay was over. And so, I, you know, I think it'll be fun to to watch him play. He is getting up there in age, and it'll be interesting to see if he can still do it. David, I wanted you on to, uh, let's say you were the general manager or, or just – a draft analyst with the four quarterbacks that are expected to go in the first round, uh, obviously with um, uh, Bryce, then you got Stroud, then you have uh, Richardson and Levis. How would you draft them one through four and kind of give us the insight as to who would you take number one and who would you take second or who would you take third? Yeah, yeah, Bryce, 100% up front. He's the best quarterback. He's the best player best production, best stats. It's, it's not even close between those four. Um, I mean, I think you've got real issues with Levis and Richardson, to be honest. Uh, I mean, Richardson's 53%. I don't care how many drops you got. I mean, all these guys got tons of drops. Uh, and, you know, 53% is, is really, really bad. Uh, so if you just look at production – he was less than two to one touchdown interception ratio. There's a lot of. I look at touchdown interception ratio to see who knows how to play quarterback well. You know, take care of the football, and um, you know, avoid avoid uh, turnovers and put the ball in the right spot. Richardson and Levis are under two to one last year. Bryce Young is, you know, five or six to one. Stetson Bennett four to one. Um, C.J. Stroud six six to one. Uh, you know, you, you even look at Hendon Hooker. I think he was 12 or 13 to one touchdown interception ratio. And I'm not saying all things are equal because they're not, but somebody who's not even two to one, like Levis and Richardson, it, it just do they know how to play quarterback? And and what I mean by that is like, you know, do they know how to take care of the football? Do they know how to extend drives? Do they know how to find completions? And and I, you know, I think there's real question marks there with both those guys. So. I just I think there's a big reach there with both those guys. I think they're both physically very gifted and very talented, but I I don't I, I don't see how you could you know take that kind of a risk uh, to be honest. So if you're just saying between those four, I, I'd go Bryce, I go CJ, I'd probably go Richardson because I think he's more talented than Levis, and then I'd go Levis. But I mean I would say Hooker, in my opinion, if you're just looking at production and who knows how to play quarterback, you know, should probably go before Richardson and Levis. It's not going to happen. Um, and then just pure ball players like Stetson Bennett's not in that conversation, but he, he's a better quarterback than Levis and Richardson. And it's not even close. David Morris of QB Country, our guest here on WNSP. So we often talk about the pre-draft process and these guys getting ready for the draft. 
What does that mean, especially when you work with a guy? Like, what are you working on specifically, not just on the field, but off the field? Yeah, everything. I mean, so we, there's there's stages to the pre-draft process, and so you got you got All-Star Game. It's obviously for us, that's you know the best one, the biggest one is down here in Mobile Senior Bowl, um, and then there's there's the um, NFL Combine, which is usually in late February. Then there's Pro Days, which is usually in late March. That's where the, the quarterback goes back to his campus and throws with his guys, kind of in an organized fashion for the last time. And then there's meetings and uh, visits. And so if they visit a team or organization, they they can't work out there. They can only just do meetings, you know, kind of uh, they can go to dinner. They can do X's and O's. They can do mental stuff, but it can't be a workout. Uh, but they, but the, the teams can come to their school and they can do a physical workout uh, and meet. And so there's just different stages uh, of the process. And then there's Zoom calls and, and all that too. So I would say that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a long, monotonous, unique experience because these guys, even the preparation it, it, for what's coming is just very different. It's um, it's much smaller feeling, you know. I mean, you're working out in facilities like mine, but you're coming from facilities like you know University of Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State, you know. And so, like, just uh, resources and and people that have their hands on you and people that are you know kind of you know that, that are working on you every day. You know, it just it just changes a little bit, and so it, you know I think that that that's even a challenge for some of these guys, and then. Um, the, the the work, you know, you're on the field every day, all day, and you're you're getting ready for your forty, and your five ten five, and the wonderlick, and 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 interviews, and you know the work workouts, and testing, and pro day, and and it's just the same stuff over and over again for a long period of time. So I, I think this week is a big relief for a lot of these guys that you know the process is is, is a lot and it's hard, but that's just part of it and. Um, I think I think most of these guys, once they kind of, I think there's there's two reasons why you see all the emotion. These guys have worked hard their whole life for this and dreamed of this, but also like this process is is, is very hard and uh, and it takes a lot. David Morris from QB Country joining us. All right, last year it was Kenny Pickett, the small hands. This year the emphasis has been on Bryce Young. He's too short. Is this fair? These 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 people who analyze it to come out with stuff like that, you know, he's too short. Yeah, I mean, look at the tape. The the guys, the guy was the best quarterback in in football last year in college football. So you can say he's too short, but you know, too short for what? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, too short to throw it through lanes. Too short to throw it over the the offensive line. You, you know, there's not going to be taller offensive linemen in the league than what they had at, at Alabama. There's not going to be taller defensive linemen in the league than what he saw on every, you know, every Saturday. So, you know, arm length is going to be about the same. Now, now caliber of player, you're going to see more consistency, you know, at high, a higher level. But end of the day, what you saw in college from a standpoint of throwing over people and through people is going to be what you're going to see from Bryce at the next level. Taking hits. I mean, he he's a guy that avoids huge hits. You'll see that continues the way he plays quarterback. He he's a he's a real deal 
quarterback, and he's a guy that has an incredible feel and and, and um, presence back there. So I think it's all I think it's all blown up too much. And and again, when you have this much time to think through all the scenarios, sometimes you overthink. And and I think that uh, that's part of what happens during this process, year in year out. David, let me ask you something. Of all the quarterbacks in the NFL now, who's your favorite to watch? Who who do you really like and and look at uh, technique and you know, anything to go with it as 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 a quarterback that you'd go pay to see play? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to just throw Mahomes out there immediately. There's a certain grace and presence and artistic you know style to what he does. It, it uh, his feet are, are, are you know always in rhythm. His movements are always smooth. His stroke is always, you know, clean and and but not necessarily always the same. And so, the way he does it is is uh, is just really really interesting and, and kind of fascinating to watch. So I mean, I think right off off the cuff, you say Mahomes. Uh, David Morris of QB Country with us for just another minute or so. What is it that you've learned about these guys getting ready for the draft? that maybe you didn't know when you first started this uh, whole QB country thing and getting guys ready? What is, is there something that, that became a lot more apparent that maybe you weren't aware of uh, or something that's much more important than you thought it was when you first started? Man, that's a great question, Mark. I, I feel like I learn a lot every year. And, you know, we learn how to do it better. We learn how to kind of um, uh, structure our days better you know these kids start at 7 30 a.m with us and usually we go to about 3 30 or 2 30 every day and so in that you're getting pt you know we, our, our, our uh, the guys we use obviously uh at our place is encore rehabilitation current Foose and those guys and molly and stacy they're incredible and so they they you know we start there kind of prehab um work and and then we'll go right into running and kind of linear or lateral movements and then we go into throwing and then we lift and then we eat and then we meet and then we keep meeting and and so i think you know there's a lot of different ways that that day can go and are you throwing too much are you not throwing enough when do you start um you know when do you start picking up volume there when do you slow down and and, and leave room for, um, you know, whatever, a taper uh, taper down, you know, kind of in advance of pro day or in advance of, of combine. I just think that there's no science to the process. And so you're constantly learning about how you can get better at it. And then, you know, do, do you meet so much that they're robots in interviews? Or, or, or do you, you know – can you remember that the most important thing is just that these guys be themselves and so answers don't need to be rehearsed they just need to be honest and authentic and so there's a lot of temptations in the process to you know to to over prepare uh and, and then and then there's there's the thing like man are we doing enough and i think that's that's one of the beauties of preparation and when you're getting ready for whatever a race or the combine or pro day or the nfl draft you know where where's the balance how do you uh remain you know in this place where you're excited every day but but you know that you're doing more than you know than than what it takes maybe so i just think i mean we learn so much every year and and uh and i learned a lot this year hey always appreciate the time david uh long long before these guys uh start 
planning and prepping for the NFL draft. They're they're just young guys trying to learn the uh, learn the position. If anybody's interested in getting their young ones out there to learn the position, how might they go about doing it? Yeah, thanks. I mean, that's that's it. We we love training quarterbacks starting at a young age. So yeah, go to qbcountry.com uh, uh, is our webpage, and then on on Twitter and Instagram, it's at qbcountry. And uh, yeah, so if you got young young folks that uh, that love this position uh, uh give us a shout hey i know it's a busy time we always appreciate you jumping aboard man hope you and uh and everything with family is going well and and we'll we'll have you on again soon can't wait okay guys thanks yep that's david morris qb country right here on the sports station so here's what we're gonna do uh we'll come back we can take your phone calls uh we also uh have some baseball tickets for you as well and then uh jalen wayne scheduled to join us at 8 30 uh and we will play once again one last time today the uh the hip-hop i guess it's hip the hip-hop uh tribute to our own og so we got plenty left here on a tuesday edition stay with us right here on the sports station wnsp and wnsp.com This is Juan Sierra, former South Alabama Jaguar, former MLB player, and you're listening to WNSP. Here come them Jaguars. Look at them Jaguars. Look at them Jaguars. Love the way they play that game. Look at them Jaguars scoring them home runs. Sunbelt's gonna be their fame. South Alabama, heart of the sun. So, do you think when they were doing this song, they're like, it's missing something? What? It's it's just. Billy, I got it. I got it. You know what we need here? We need a bring. And let's just repeat that every so often. And they're like, that's it. That's what it was missing. I wonder how long it took them to write this. I bet you took longer than it took to our Nick, own Triple G. Yeah. Well, I like the Jag song, but I also like Little Nicky song too. Little Nicky, I love it. Yeah. Well, you said you Little ever, Wayne. You ever seen the movie Little Nicky? Lee? Yeah, I did. It's, I have no. I, I'm sorry. I have not seen that movie with Adam Sandler. Yeah. I have not seen that one. It's it's considered one of his worst, right? And it that's is. saying I like something because huh? I I liked it. See, uh, everybody's got a different opinion. Indeed. All right. This is this is. The giveaway, the the bonanza uh, on this one for Jag uh, baseball tickets. Two tickets to tonight's game against New Orleans. It's Bark at the Ballpark. You bring your dog. Uh, the dog is welcome. All right? Uh-huh. It's Bark at the uh-huh, Okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And in addition, don't go away, four tickets for Friday night's game, the Jags and Troy. Six tickets I'm giving away. Wow. Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves last night, if you were watching, set a Braves record. Nine consecutive starts of nine stri- strikeouts or more. Second-year pitcher, 
nine straight starts now, going back to last year, where he has struck out nine or more in those starts. Whose record did he break? Name the Braves pitcher who had held the record until Spencer Strider broke that record. And, boy, he went into the eighth inning with a no-hitter yesterday. If you know the answer, 694-1055, you get six tickets. Two for tonight, four for Friday night's opening with Troy. All right, and while we're doing that, it'll give me a chance to tell you about uh, Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. You've heard me talk about Aiden uh, and Medicare Insurance Advisors, which was founded back in 2012. The focus really is on being a community resource for the senior market. So there are multiple ways to enroll in in Medicare, dental, life, long-term care, all that. The overall experience, including education, and the long-term support is really what Medicare uh, insurance advisors is all about. So that's where Aiden Marks comes in. He's local, he's knowledgeable, and he has an office right here in Daphne on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. So he's an independent guy, works with Medicare, and he's been in the business for 13 years. So he has he works with multiple carriers. He's helped hundreds of individuals just like you in both Mobile and Baldwin County. So he had a client asking if he needed to add Medicare um, to his VA benefits. In his situation, the answer was no. In yours, it might be different. That's what Aiden Marks can help you with. He can help you with all the questions about enrollment and about the changing world of Medicare. So if you're new to the area, if you're over 65 and still working and you're looking to retire in the 12 months, in the next 12 months, you need to call Aiden Marks. His number is 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. Give him a call. Uh, Danny was the winner of your ticket, sir, so congratulations to Danny. John Smoltz had held the record of uh, most starts with nine strikeouts or more until Strider broke it yesterday. Smoltz, of course, now a baseball analyst. All right, so uh, we're going to call an audible here. We're going to talk Jets. When we come back with a very special guest, stay with us. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. to the New York Jets and it just came down moments ago in a trade involving six picks Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets it's official it is happening finally after all this time we've been waiting for this trade to happen and now it is and here are the details of the trade 832 welcome back in the opening kickoff continues right here on the sports station WNSP all right it's time now to dive into this deal Mark and I of course have talked about it for two hours this morning we've given our thoughts but I want to get go right to the to the source uh, Rich Semeni has covered the Jets for a number of years he's with ESPN uh, and he does uh, his main job is with the Jets. And uh, Rich, first of all, thank you for taking time and your schedule to join us. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Great to be with you guys. Uh, you know, uh, I've, like you said, I've been with, covering the Jets for a long time, but 
this is probably the biggest trade they've ever made. So it's it's a cool time to be covering the Jets. Well, the last time I covered the Jets was when they won a Super Bowl back in 69. I'm far removed from those days. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to, and I know there's still that link, like, you know, name it, this, name it, that. I was a big Jets fan back then, but I've been based here in Alabama for a number of years. So kind of gravitated to the Saints. But I want to ask you to evaluate from your standpoint, was this a good move by the Jets? Yes, I think it was a good move. Um, obviously, a very rich price they had to pay, but you know they're a, they're a win now team. They have a good roster. They had a really good defense last year. They were fourth in the league in defense. Their offense was miserable, and they they felt that had they had a, even a competent offense, they probably would have won ten or eleven games last year. Instead, they only won seven. So. At the end of the year, we talked to Woody Johnson, and I, I remember it very vividly. We were in his office, and he told, he said, the missing piece was the quarterback position. He goes, I'm going to do everything I can to fix it. And so they went out and got one of the best quarterbacks in history. Now, is he going to be the Aaron Rodgers, you know, who won four MVPs? I don't think he'll be to that level, but even if he's a notch or two below that, I think it'll help the Jets a lot. So you mentioned this was the biggest, this was the biggest trade. I'm curious, how different does this one feel from the whole Brett Favre saga as far as uh, white noise and background noise and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, a lot of similarities. Uh, of course, the Favre trade happened in August in training camp. True. <laughs> and, uh, but they, yeah, but they were, they, were, they were after him for a long time. It was like three weeks of constant, you know, they were recruiting him, trying to convince him to come to the Jets. And so, uh, hey, look, he was actually a year younger than Rodgers is now when he got to the Jets. And Jet fans will not remember that kindly because they missed the playoffs that year. They were 9-7, and and the coaching staff got fired. But Brett Favre actually got off to a really good start. You know, I think they were like 9-2 and that year. Uh, They were appeared to be headed to a playoff berth, and then the wheels came off. Brett hurt his, uh, his throwing arm, and the team just fell apart. So that trade almost worked. And uh, in this in this case, they're certainly hoping that Rodgers can stay healthy and do what Favre couldn't do. Rich Samini from ESPN covers the Jets. See, when I looked at this deal, I, I actually thought the Jets came out really good, not having to give up a, a first rounder and, and getting a fifth and giving up a sixth. But yet most of the national media thinks the Packers made out really well in this deal. What am I missing? Well, if you look at it right now on paper, I think the Packers do have the edge right now because essentially, let's just cut it down to bare bones. The Jets are essentially giving up this year's two and next year's one. And because uh, next year it's a conditional two that goes to a one if he plays 65% of the snaps this year. So if he stays healthy, it's going to be a first round pick next year. And so th- that's a lot. I mean, the Jets are, are, are taking on a lot here. It's a 39 year old quarterback. However, there's a, there's a caveat here, and the one thing we don't know yet, and I think the Jets probably do, but we don't, is I don't think they would have given up that much unless they had some sort of assurance from Rodgers that he's going to play at least two years. I, I don't think the Jets would have given up that much if they thought it was going to be a one-and-done situation because that would have been an exorbitant price. So I think you know they have maybe a handshake agreement or, or a wink and a nod from Rodgers that he'll go at least two. In that case, it changes the complexion of the trade. We also don't know his contract. He's reworking his contract, and maybe he'll rework it in a, in a 
team-friendly way for the Jets, which would also be a benefit. So right now, I would say edge to the Packers, but we haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen all the components to this trade yet. So this might be a, 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 a short question, but a long answer. But what took so long? What, what took so long to make this happen? Actually, it's not a long answer. It's just, you know, in the NFL, it's a deadline-driven business, and there really was no sense of urgency for six weeks for, for them to get anything done. So now you have a soft deadline with the draft coming up. The Packers obviously wanted those draft picks for this weekend's draft so they could start reshaping their roster to help Jordan Love. And so, you know, with the draft approaching, I was a little surprised it happened yesterday. I thought it would actually go all the way to Friday or Thursday or Friday. Um, but, yeah, the soft deadline uh, motivated both sides to get it done. So on Twitter, you sent out a bunch of numbers, uh, Rodgers versus Brady, which maybe the Jet fans would feel really good about. You want to kind of give us the intake on that? Yeah, some some cute, eerie parallels. When when Brady went to the Bucks in twenty, uh, the Bucks had gone twelve straight years with no playoffs. The Jets right now are at twelve straight years. The Bucks were coming off a seven-win season. The Jets are coming off a seven-win season, and of course, Brady takes the team to a Super Bowl title. So I, I wrote an entire story this morning on ESPN.com, just explaining some of the parallels. Essentially, the Jets are trying to do what the Bucks did with Brady. The one difference being that Brady was a free agent. And so that was just a money deal for this. For the Jets, they obviously had to pay a handsome price to get to get Rodgers. What do they do with Zach Wilson? Yeah, he's going to be a backup, you know, and uh, they're going to keep him as a backup. And and their plan, which is what they say publicly, is that when Rodgers moves on, whenever that might be, that you know. Zach will be a, a possibility to, to return to the starting role. I have, I highly doubt that. I mean, how is he supposed to get better being a backup? And we know he did not play well last year, and that pick has been a major disappointment for the Jets. It's the reason they had to go out and get Rodgers in the first place. So right now the company line is that they're going to keep Zach, continue to develop him, and I guess their hope is that someday he could be their starter. I, I really tend to doubt that. I think he probably needs a change of scenery. All right, uh, Rich Samiti joining us to talk about the Aaron Rodgers trade, uh, draft picks involved. I cannot let you go without asking you about another player because he played down here, went to Alabama, C.J. Mosley. I want you to kind of give us your – is he still the, the bell cow of the defense? Is he still playing at a at an all-pro all level? Yeah, C.J. Mosley had a really good year last year. You know, he made the Pro Bowl. I think he was second-team All-Pro, I want to say. He uh, he had a good year. I mean, he, you know, C.J. kind of reinvented himself a couple of years ago. Of course, he sat out for the COVID year, and uh, new coaching staff comes in, so there's always a lot of questions. Are they going to try to trade this guy? There were trade rumors. He lost a lot of weight. I think he dropped about 20 pounds uh, to fit this defensive scheme. And so uh, he uh, comes in and has had two really good years in a row. And so, yeah, coaching staff likes him a lot. He basically is their Aaron Rodgers of the defense. You know, he's the middle linebacker. He calls the signals. And uh, they, they feel very good with C.J. Mosley. Jets are in the same division, Buffalo, Miami, and New England. So now with Aaron Rodgers quarterbacking, do they make the playoffs? I think the Jets are a playoff team now. I, I laugh. I mean, I see all these 
people saying, oh, this makes them a Super Bowl contender. And what is a Super Bowl contender anyway? Are, are they the favorite in the AFC? Of course not. I mean, Kansas City's still the favorite. I would still say Cincinnati has a better chance than the Jets. Uh, there might be a couple of other teams that have a better chance than the Jets, but I do think the Jets now are a playoff team. I guess that makes them a Super Bowl contender. Uh, very tough division. Uh, Miami's really, really strong. I probably, But the Jets are right up there I, with uh, Miami and Buffalo, I think, as the three best teams in the division. It's going to be a dogfight in that division. Are you concerned at all? Aaron Rodgers appears to be a very sensitive individual. I don't know him personally, but that's the reports. Obviously, Green Bay, they love everybody up there. I mean, it's a different type of atmosphere than New York City. How do you think he'll react if he gets off to a bad start? Yeah, uh, interesting question. Uh, you know, New York media, sometimes we get a bad rap. I, I don't think we're any more aggressive than, say, Philadelphia or Boston. There's probably more of us. But Aaron Rodgers is a very intelligent guy. I've seen a lot of his press conferences. He's he's very articulate. He can handle uh, the media, I believe. Is he going to get booed if he gets off to a miserable start and has like two or three bad games in a row? Yeah, I, I would think anybody. The Yankee, Yankee fans booed Aaron Judge last year in the playoffs, <laughs> a, guy, a guy who had a historic season. So, yeah, anything's possible in New York. Uh, he, you're right. I agree with you. He seems to be a little thin-skinned based on some of the ways he reacted on, on the McAfee show to some questions. So that would be a little bit of a concern, I think. But – I think he'll handle the New York media just fine. I think he'll play well. Uh, look, I, it, it's going to be different for him. He's not going to be able to go into the city and go to a Broadway show and out to dinner with his girlfriend without seeing paparazzi and popping up on TMZ. I'm sure that didn't happen in Green Bay. So that part of it will be different for him, and I don't know how he will handle that. Rich, great stuff. Thank you so much for jumping aboard with us. It was great to have you. Know it's a busy time for you. Enjoy the draft and everything that comes with it, man. It should be a fun season. All right, guys. I appreciate having me. Thanks so much. Wow. There's another local resident on that Jets team, Bryce Huff, who played at St. Paul's. Yeah. Just signed a contract. So you got Mosley, Huff, and Aaron Rodgers. There you go. Good good get there, uh, Shervanian. In fact, so good that we're going to pay homage to Lee Shervanian when we come back. If you missed it, fear not. Once again, we will I can't I can't say I'm we're debuting again, but we will play a little ditty for you. Speaking of ditty. That's why I, I caught on to that Nick when he said he ditty to sign me, man. Who was that? He ditty did. needs to sign me. Yeah. Yo record labels, if you're listening, I'll ghostwrite for you. I don't know. Right now you're in that you're potentially in that one hit wonder category. You gotta have a couple breakouts here. No I had pressure. The Christmas song. That was pretty good. Was that a song or a jingle? Yo, companies, <laughs> if you want a new jingle for a commercial, hit me up. You always want a guy that starts a sentence with yo <laughs> companies. Yo companies. This man can't rap anything but my burrito. Those are some good tunes on that on that soundtrack. We'll have to play some of that one day. <laughs> this is George Pada, bench coach of the Houston Astros, and you're listening to WNFP.
Ladies and gentlemen, I am excited to bless you once again with the rap song dedicated to the one and only, the Hall of Famer, Lee Shervania. Hail from the Garden State, born to be a big star, thick ass wallet full of Chick-fil-A gift cards, man steady grinding for the sun, even shining, couple fake teeth, but they're all made of diamonds, the haters jealous cause they know they can't be us, riding through the town, windows down in the Prius, cops are lucky he's not a public defendant cause he'd never let a client ever finish a sentence, L to the E, Lee be the OG in the AM, he playing, playing like a bro, L to the E, E, Lee be the OG in the AM, he playing, playing like a pro, drip like Namath, swag like Saban, get you in the presence of Mobile's most famous, puts up with Mark, that'll make a brother's head hurt, arms tucked away in the oversized sweatshirt, league of his own, better watch your tone, no buttons on the pants, got the buttons on the phone, the one and only, OG, Lee Shervanian, real New Jersey devil, I ain't talking Tasmanian, L to the E, E, Lee be the OG in the AM, he playing, playing like a pro, that's a banger, L to the E, E, <laughs> You say so myself. And I'm a humble guy. I don't want to sound morbid or anything like that. I don't know how much, you know, but I I want this when time comes at my funeral. I want this. To you be want played. this to be played. Yeah, I want this to be played. I don't want any of that. We'll have Matt bring out Air Sports yeah, One right. with the big speakers. I want, I want this to be played. All the Paul Bears walking, yeah. nodding their head, and yeah. Bobbing. <laughs> I, I want this to be the, the, the music of choice. Yeah, that's right. The yeah. music of choice. Yeah. All right. If anybody oh, decides to show up, fine. That's something says you might have to write that into your your will, your I, last I, I wishes. Because I'm thinking Miss Barbara isn't going to believe us when we say, "Look, <laughs> yeah. this is what Lee wanted." <laughs> I like it. All right. So if you missed any of that and want to play it for your children later today, or whatever <laughs> the case may be. Uh, we're, uh, I think Nick's going to get that up on social media for us. Uh, so check our Facebook page and Instagram. And so that look, now, now came you got up your own walk up music. I do. So and if you ever guest anywhere, just email them that track and be like, hey, play this before I come on. And you did this because of Paul Feinbaum? Yeah. Paul Feinbaum gets a name drop from Lil Wayne. Yeah. In his song, something like Keep Him Talking Like Paul, Paul Feinbaum. Yeah. Let and me I was like, man, maybe I could come up with a line for old Lee. He's then it just it kept rolling and I yeah. just had to make a whole track. I, I'm trying to talk to him like Paul Feinbaum. I bring the chalk to him, get that boy outlined. Why do they Mine's way better. See, back when <laughs> back when when these rappers started, they all had these dog names, Bow Wow or something like that. Why are they oh, Bow Wow? <laughs> Bow Wow. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, right. Why now? And I referenced Nick is not little. I mean, he's taller than I am. And I said, little Nicky. Why are they like little Wayne, little this, little that? That could be a, a little verse right there. Um, I don't know. Uh, Mark, you want to do some research on that? I can. Yeah, why, I why do rappers put Lil in front of the name? Hmm. Well, yeah. It's B- a common B- nickname on the streets. Okay. Well, I guess Why not Big Wayne? Lil has no bearing on talent or lack thereof. Instead, it's a common nickname on the streets, which made its way into hip hop as early as 1988. 
See if you if you were to say when Houston rapper Lil Troy first rocked the moniker, boy. Okay. <laughs> See if you were to say like Lil Lee. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying Lily, which yeah. is a, a girl's name. Well, or, so or maybe Lee. we just call him Double L, right? Lil Lee. Lee is also L. a girl's name. L e i g h. Indeed, it is. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. True statement right there. So, can you get one maybe in the next couple days for Mark? Yeah, I can probably throw something together. Maybe during the golf show next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me a week. I'll I'll do it then. I'm not gonna lie. It it probably will be a little tougher. Pulling so many references about Mark, it's just you know you're, I'll you're take such that as a, a legend. There, there's just a lot of content. Yeah, I'll take options. that as a compliment. <laughs> Lee, lo- Lee's giddy, man. He I loves like it. it. I love it. Yeah, I thought the fact. Here's what I like: that you took so much time out of your busy schedule to devote to a song like that. I, that's what I like: the fact well, that you made the effort. Is that he's willing to take that time and make this show better? That's right. I mean, the show is better today because of that song. That's right. Not that it wasn't good before. It just takes it to a different level. Got yeah, a good show. You know so I think, I think it's only fair, though, quite frankly, that if uh-huh. he's willing to do that for you, Lee, you should be willing to put together a little song about Nick. Oh. And, and perform a little <laughs> song. I'm afraid. If you got to reach into those yeah. Frankie Valley-like <laughs> roots yeah. and, and pull something... Have a little barbershop quartet come in. Yeah, which wouldn't be the first time we've done that on the we've show. We've done that, way. Nick. We you, actually. You want have. me to get one in Dude. here to sing a, 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 a Valentine's Day song for you or something? He could. Sure. He could totally do it. Or maybe we've a mariachi done. band. Yeah. Have you ever had one of those in here? I, I can't say. Cinco de Mayo's coming up. Let's do it. Cinco de Marco. All <laughs> oh, the ideas are flowing now. <laughs> you know, you're throwing a lot on me in such a short time. I, yeah. I don't know if I can handle all this. Yeah. As it is, I had to make adjustments to get rich on. So I kind of one thing, one at a time. Someone yeah, said you, you can you rap know. about Mark's dad jokes he always has. Do I have a lot of dad jokes on this show? I haven't heard any. I haven't heard any either. Hmm. I know you. Mark makes a lot of movie references. That's that's more in tune with Mark. Mark pumps Medicare really hard. Pause. Uh, <laughs> what else? What's it? What's his signature Mark Heim thing? There's so many Lee things. Uh, Mark's always wearing like a graphic tee with some movie quote on it. Not always. That's head of the Sylvester Stallone fan club. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> that's what I was thinking when you said that. That's. That's his signature opening line. I'm just like every other middle-aged, red-blooded American. He's like always, um, you know, he's, he's really into his kids' um, athletics. I guess that's a thing that Mark does. Well, th- that doesn't separate me from anybody else in this in this country. From me and Lee. But Lee is uniquely Lee. I know that's why I made him a song. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm, I may not be up. To the uh, might not be worthy. I don't, I don't of the think. Track. I, yeah, I don't think I have that status yet. But I do want to see keep Lee. Work, tr- keep keep working at I'll it. Keep, yes, sir. Keep working uh, at I'll, it. I need to start coming in earlier. Clearly, but <laughs> I do think it would be fantastic radio if you gave it the old college try and 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 sang a little something about. I got little to be Nick. honest little with Nicky. you, little Nikki. Yeah, little. There's no T. Little. Lil. Lil. Well, at least not asso- he's not associated with a bow wow or a dog. That's good. 
Okay, so the person in the app uh, redefined my jokes, not as dad jokes, but as corny ones. Oh, I see. okay, I see. Not like, yo, dad is so, but it's like corny dad jokes. I see now. Do I guess. Know? But I, I don't know. Do you really tell that many dad jokes? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think that person's off base. You're off I base. I don't really think of Tag him out. Comedian, he, get bad it. or good. Tag him out. Pick off. Sorry. You've just been deleted. Mm. All right, so what's going on tomorrow? Oh, my gosh. This has been so good today. Who cares about tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> I'm beginning to think. How, can, you, how can I top Lee tomorrow? I'm beginning, to life, think, I'm beginning to think, Lee, that maybe you you judge a show based on how relevant it is about you. That helps. <laughs> that yeah, actually that does help. You're, you know, Mark. You're, Mark, week. you're actually onto something. I used you to, actually are onto something. Now. I used to do a show with somebody who used to think it was all about him. Really? Who was that? I'm not saying. No, come on. All no. the co-hosts you were with. I haven't been. Well, this this is sounding like initials? a weird conversation when I say, well, I hadn't been with that many co-hosts. <laughs> it just kind of <laughs> sounds weird. <laughs> all right, uh, Chris Stewart's back with us tomorrow. Okay. We're going to talk to Brian Bose. Hey. For our listeners, make sure you tune in tomorrow at 6.30 with Brian Bosarge. He'll at least give us his top ten. Maybe it can help you Thursday when you're at walk-ons to fill out your top ten and maybe win a Traeger Grill. How's that a good lead-in? Potentially, but if I remember correctly, he didn't have all that much success yeah, last year. None of them usually do. So how – well, well then why would I – never mind. Because at least he'll give you some levity in a sense that – some of the names, because I, I, there may be people out there that can't even come up with ten names, you know. For the, but at least if you listen to him, he'll tell you some of the guys that you might want to consider. Okay. Well, we'll do that then. Look, none of those guys are close to perfect. I mean, like uh, Brad was on earlier, uh, Spielberg with Pro Football Focus. If you get like eight or nine out of the thirty-two, you're doing really, really good. By the way, how many times did you want to call him Brad Spielberg when he was on with us? Did, is that what I called him? No, I'm just asking. I mean, his name is Spielberger, but oh. when you say Spielberg, I want well, to stop at Berg because of the fame. You know. Yeah, yeah. You think we can get this on, on a digital download? Can people? Can we put? Can people put this? On? Why are you interrupting my song? Oh my! See, he's huh? It was a bumper. But we can why, just, why would you do that? Should we just tell that? Mark to shut up and end the show and let it That's ride? That's impossible. Why don't we just put it all on right. repeat and I don't have to come in at all tomorrow. We can just play this. public defendant because he'd never let a client ever finish a sentence. L to the E. Lee be the OG in the AM. He playing. Playing like a bro. L to the E. E. Lee be the OG in the AM. He playing. Playing like a pro.